Welcome back to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Meacher, former UC basketball player from 1997 to 1999 under the legendary coach, my man, Bob Huggins. And I was fortunate enough to wear the iconic Jordan Brand unis during my time. You can follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Alex underscore Meacham. Meacham spelled M-E-A-C-H-A-M. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, just Alex Meacham. On Snapchat, BigMeach41. And thanks to Stu Holt. My guy right behind me. I'm on TikTok. Stu, I put up a lot of videos, by the way, just so you just so you know, and you haven't liked many of them. I'm on TikTok at Alex, and you're the one that made me get to TikTok. At Alex Meacham41. The Bearcat Basketball Podcast is now presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. Now for the last 10 episodes, we've been live at Meals in Clifton. Please go back and check out these interviews. So far, we've interviewed Keith Greger. Deontay Vaughn, Zach Tobler, Corey Blunt, Art Long, Donald Little, Yancey Gates, Andre Tate, Tony Bobbitt, and A.D. Jackson. You can check them out on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, under the Bearcat Basketball Podcast, and also check out our YouTube channel under Shine One Media, and you can watch the videos. Um, huge shout out to Rich and Kelly at Mio's for allowing us to go there and record our podcast live. Also, shout out to Stu Holt and Colin Cruzy, our producers, for all their hard work. Next week, we will be live at Mio's with Roger McClendon, one of the greatest to ever wear the red and black and one of the guys that I watched and idolized growing up. Uh, we only have about five, I think five more episodes um, at meals that we're going to do. So Roger McClendon will be one of our guests, and we're going to announce the other guest uh, pretty soon. So this segment is sponsored by the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati. They have a new flexible bachelor's degree that will allow you to graduate conveniently and affordably. You won't lose any credit or have to start over. So here we go. Since we've been live at Mio's, it's time to switch gears. And uh, since the Bearcats are on the road you know, this week, I thought it would be a great, great idea to invite out some good friends and some guys that cover the Bearcats and I think do an excellent job. My special guest, we have JT Smith from the Front Office News. We have Neil Meyer from the Front Office News and Tim Daniel from 48 Minutes Network. So I'd like to welcome in these guys and if you guys can kind of go around and, and introduce yourselves and just tell the audience a little bit about what you do and how they can get your content. Yeah, I'm Tim Daniel uh, from the 48 Minutes Basketball Network. So I cover UC, Xavier, and Northern Kentucky. I am well-traveled, I guess you can say. Um, also cover the NBA, so you can check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. And my socials are timdaniel518 on Twitter and Instagram. I have a TikTok, but I have no clue how to use it, so Stu's going to have to show me how to do that. Yes, yeah, Stu will give you, he'll give you all these ideas, right? Then he'll follow you, and then he won't like any of the videos that you post that he Funny, recommended. My wife followed me on TikTok and doesn't like my videos, so don't even worry about it. Really? Yeah. That's a that's a whole nother situation <laughs> that we'll have she to, no what's up. To work hey, real quick, Tim, um, if you could talk a little bit about, um, you recently did um, a podcast with a good friend of mine, yeah. Ian. You wanna talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so we put it out the day of the UC football game against Alabama. Um, where Ian and I went back and we looked at when Ian Stonebrook from the boardroom, uh, Kevin Durant's company, mm -hmm. uh, we talked about the era of the Jordan brand era with the Bearcats because it's so monumental and, you know, historic. 
Um, so we kind of talked about that legacy and just kind of some stuff there. I told a really funny Demar Johnson story during that pod that made me laugh quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to Demar. Um, so it's a really cool pod. I hope you guys can check it out. It's in our archives. Uh, it's under our at-large bid name, which is our college basketball pod. Now, your f- favorite player of all time, I guess college, would be Penny Hardaway? Or basketball is that, in general. That's just basketball in general. Yeah. Wow. So, yes, I know, as I'm wearing all bull stuff. Um, right. Yeah, so started watching basketball in 95. So the first series I really remember is – Wait a minute, you started watching basketball? In 95. In 95. Yeah. Wow. JT, when we get to you, we'll, we'll talk about our age and, like, you know. Yeah, so I was six at uh, the Magic Bulls Eastern Conference. Uh, I was graduating from Roger Bacon High School. But go yeah. ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, so I was six. Uh, and that was the Bulls Magic Eastern Conference semis when Mike came back. Ooh, yes. So. Yes. Yeah, so that was, like, the first time I was introduced to both guys. Do you remember that series? He wore a pair of? Pennies. Yes. Penny ones. Yes, he did. Yeah, because the NBA didn't let him wear the Space Jams. They were trying to find him for mm-hmm. him. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Only time ever in an NBA game, Jordan wore another pair of shoes that weren't his own. Yep. It's pretty wild. Yeah. So the, the podcast was really good. So Thanks, man. Yep. I really advise people to go check it out. So great work on that. Appreciate it. Yep. Neil? My name is Neil Meyer. I'm with JT here at the Front Office News. Uh, you can find all of our stuff online at thefrontofficenews.com. You can find me on Twitter at MeyerNeil6, M-E-Y-E-R-N-E-I-L-6. And you can find me on Instagram at NEM5421. So you and I, did we first meet, was it at the Bearcat practice? Yes, That's the was. first time, right? Yep, I remember I walked practice. in, you were standing to the left. Correct, and I walk in and I shook your hand and talked to you for a little bit. Yep, that was first practice. Yeah, I, I remember that. We talked for a little bit. Now, how long have you been with uh, Front Office News? I have been with JT in the Front Office News since right before COVID hit, so right March about 2020. Right. So, so tell JT's though. <laughs> he's checking, like, let me think about that. You've been around for a while. Uh, so uh, tell everybody, how old are you? Tell them. I am 22 years old. You are the young one in the, yep. Cruzy, how old are you? Uh, 25. 25. Stu? 26. You are the, you are the, the winner of, of being the youngest person here. And uh, are you still in school? I am still in school, yes. What are you studying? Uh, right now I'm a sports administration and business major at UC. So I'll graduate this fall with my bachelor's in sports administration and business. And I hope to look to go back to journalism school once I graduate. What's the ultimate goal? Uh, the ultimate goal, would I would love to be in the writing, reporting aspect, but... If something else happens, whether it's an AD, former, anything involving sports, I'm all game. Good. Good deal, man. Good deal. JT, let's bring you on in. Saving the best for last? Like no, no, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not. <laughs> nah, it's just I'm the oldest of the three, so let me go last. They call me a dinosaur. But I'm um, JT Smith. We work with my man, Neil, the front office news. You can find me everywhere I'm on all the social medias. Um, Are you on so- TikTok? Nah. I'm too, I, Still? I, nah, I let my, my kids do the TikTok, man. Man, I let them do it, man. You let I'll the just, kids do? You might see me walk by TikTok, but I ain't. So, it, you know, like. apparently, JT, according to the guy behind me, Stu, I think like Stu has like stock with TikTok or something, but he, he feels like you need to, you know, everyone needs to be on there. So, 
you know, it's a it's the new platform that's going to allow you to grow your brand. So. Okay. I'm still trying. I'm just going ahead and roll with IG, man. IG and Twitter are my two favorite. Of, of, Until it gets outdated where they kick uh, me off, then I'll go ahead and get some TikTok. So, so, yeah, just don't post any crazy stuff. They won't kick you off. Nah, they don't kick me off. I'm just saying, like, you know, where it gets where nobody really cares about it anymore, like, where you can't, uh, okay. you know, post your stuff and people click on it and like it, say they don't like it, say you suck, whatever they want to say. Like, just, I need, I need that kind, I need that. The interaction, which I feel like IG and okay. Give me on so, so how long have you been uh, doing front office news? Ooh, that's a good question, man. Come so on. I started. Uh, I started in 2010, right? So this is going to be like long-winded story. And I used to write about everything. So I would write about boxing. I would write about NBA, NFL. So then I was like, man, you know what? I really love the University of Cincinnati, right? So especially basketball. So that was my passion or whatnot. So I'm like, you know what? Start writing about it. And then I started writing at other places. And then within the last three years, I legit just said, you know what, I'll just, I always kept my sight. So then I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna make it truly just about UC stuff. So if it's NFL related, it's all about UC. Okay. Like it's a UC player. If it's NBA, it's a UC player. If it's MLB, UC player. So everything, it's like a one-stop shop for sure. UC stuff. It's a good time. Yeah. So, um, and I think I did that. When I do that, 2019. So, I, like, I've had the site for 12 years, but the last three years I've dedicated it di- directly to UC Sports. That's good stuff. So, yeah. That's good stuff. So, I just want to let you know that you were part of the biggest podcast I've ever done. Nice. Do nice. you re- do you remember yeah, which podcast yeah. that is? Yeah, that Tell everybody the, which one. All right, so that was the pod. I forgot what number it is, so don't get me. Get I don't me even on know that. what number it all was. Right, so <laughs> it was because this is like 104. So okay, so, I can't even remember. Go ahead. So um, it was me, you, Keith Jenkins from the Enquirer, Terry Nelson, um, UC UC legend and color commentator, and Kevin Johnson, who's UC legend as well, and. Yep. Yes, I know. Cool, dude, Andy. Um, and, uh, you know, now he's just, like getting his ESPN 3 on all the time. Every time I watch the ESPN 3 game, he's there. He's like, there. Yeah, so. I'm proud of Kevin. All, he's all doing of great us, things. Yeah. And that was pretty cool. It was a pretty good good pod. Where, what school was that, man? Because I thought I almost automatically went to that school. I know it's like close to Sycamore in that area, right? Where you we almost went to, went to that school as a student? Acc- on ac- no, on accident today before I looked at oh, the GPS. <laughs> you mean today you were going <laughs> to... Like, I automatically oh, thought, cause I remember... So, I got you, you know but I mean? you wouldn't have been very far from here. It okay. was Deer Park okay. High School. And at the time, so um, my AAU teams, Shining Star, okay. we were practicing there. So all of our teams were practicing, and when we finished up practice, okay. I had you guys come in, and we actually did it on the court, remember? Yeah, yep, we were on yep. the court. And the reason um, that we did it there... And then we did it at that time was because Coach Brannon, the whole situation yeah. with Coach Brannon was going on. And it was like it was so time sensitive that we were like, we've got to do this podcast right now. Yeah. And I think it was really refreshing because I think Bearcat fans wanted to hear a perspective. They wanted to get a little inside scoop. And who better than, you know, Terry Nelson and Kevin, guys that are very close to yeah. the program, yourself that report on it. And um, and Keith as well. Um, and I'm telling you, you guys knocked it out the park, and I'm appreciative of you guys doing it because it really helped this podcast go to the next level. Because you know how it is, just as you know, as a writer, as a person doing podcasts, you get that one article or one podcast, the yeah. numbers jump, everything else increases, and then moving forward, people look for your content. Yeah. So I want to thank you uh, no for being a part of that. No problem. Yeah. Podcasting 13 years. Go ahead, no, get to Mike. What you saying? Yeah. 
I've been potting for 13 years, so I'm still waiting for that big jump. So, <laughs> it, hey, it, it, it'll happen. It, it, it definitely will happen. So, uh, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cover several topics um, today, um, one of which is I want to talk about Wes Miller. And I want to talk about, you know, your interactions with Wes Miller, the job he's doing right now and the future of the program. I do want to jump into the roster. I want to talk about some individual players. Specifically, uh, I do want to dive into some of the underclassmen because they're part of this journey and the future of Bearcat basketball. And then jump into scheduling, breaking down the schedule. And will this schedule, what's left, allow this team to be in the NCAA tournament? which I tell you, I've been a, probably the last four or five days, that's been a very popular question with Bearcat fans to me. They've asked me a lot, do you think this team could make the NCAA tournament? So I think that's an important question right now. So the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG, and thank you for the support. So talking about Wes Miller, uh, Tim, we'll start with you. Sure. Um, have you ever had a individual conversation with Wes or has it always been in a media capacity? It's always been in a media capacity but Wes is one of those coaches that you really enjoy talking with. Um, he does a really good job of like you know we've we've all been in media rooms we've had those coaches where you ask a question and it's no you know it's like talking to Popovich. Um, Wes isn't like that so Wes like you know you can ask him about you know Odio Guama played 10 minutes tonight and it's kind of like talking to LeBron. He just remembers he did this, and he did this, and he did this, and he remembers every single move he made through the game. It's really impressive. Um, when they brought Wes in, I really immediately thought he was the guy. I think, you know. Why is that? I think his comfortability with, you know, playing at North Carolina, so knowing what a traditional basketball program means. Absolutely. Especially you at a high major. Um, we talked about this on JT's pod. You know, I told, I said, uh, Tar Heels, I said, Bearcat fans, uh, you better keep an eye on the Tar Heels because if Hubert Davis does, uh, does really well there and moves on, you, you might want to watch out. You said this on, his, said on, on his, his podcast? Pod. Did I did. You? Yeah, I think. Um, but <laughs> And then I say that, and then North Carolina gets their ass kicked two nights in a row. So it's like, <laughs> you guys are safe. You're hey. safe. Yeah, don't, don't say that anymore, Tim. Yeah. Don't, we, we don't want him leaving for North Carolina. No, nor should you. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, nor should you. Um, I just think that, like, you know, I, I felt – I thought he was going to be the guy when Roy left. Yeah. So the fact you guys have him here is pretty awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you mentioned something before. Um, you know, occasionally you'll get that coach that either gives you that short answer. Mm -hmm. And you can tell as a, you know, as a journalist, um, if you're in that media room, you know, sometimes you worry. Now, I'm, I'm not saying I'm a journalist or I've been in that room, but I'm, I'm speaking for friends that I know that are in journalism, you don't want to ask what's perceived to be a bad question, right? And you don't want that coach to go, man, that's some, that's some dumb question. And recently, your idol, Penny Hardaway, mm -hmm. had a few things to say to not only that person asking the question, but he kind of directed it at quite a few media people. Yeah, and notice he didn't, when he apologized, he didn't apologize to that media member. He apologized to everyone else, <laughs> uh, which that, I thought that, was funny. Oh, he um, did that on purpose. Yeah. So... I had a similar situation with Patrick Ewing, since he's now at Georgetown. Um, you know, they play in the Big East, so I see them about once or twice a year. And um, I asked him about, and like, have you been around Pat before? I have not. Okay, so he is a very straightforward, this is how it's going to be. I don't care what the, if like how well we played, if we lost, we lost kind of guy. 
you respect it. Right. And he kind of, I was like, you know, you guys lost today, but you shot 11 of 19 from three. Mag McClung went off. You know, what was it like? And he's like, I don't care. We lost. And that's the only answer he gave me. So, like, when you're in that situation, like you said, like, I'm not nervous about asking you a dumb question because if you're around long enough, it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. But you don't have those situations with Wes. He might think it's a dumb question, but he doesn't make you feel like it's a dumb question. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's that's good to hear. And that's that's refreshing, too. And plus, you know, he's he's new. So it's kind of a, you know, a honeymoon period. And, and also he has to he listen, you, you made a great point. And I, and I think this is the main point with Wes. He comes from North Carolina. Right. He comes from that Roy Williams tree. Roy Williams can write the book on the business of basketball. So let, let me say that again. The business of basketball. It is a business at the end of the day. You have to shake hands with certain people. You have to howdy duty with this person and that. You, you have to treat certain media people the right way because they're writing articles that could impact recruiting, could help your program out and things like that. And Wes, that's one thing I've learned with Wes is he understands the business of basketball. I think that's very important, and we see that in the media room, like like you say, I'm answering questions. So, uh, Neil, you want to jump in? Have you had a chance to meet Wes, talk with Wes? I have actually not had the opportunity to talk to Wes one-on-one. As Tim mentioned, it's all been in the media room and at practices, whether it's the press conferences and whatnot. But everything about Wes, you can see why players run through a wall for him. We'll say they'll run through a wall. His energy's tenacious, everything he's a man of the game like he lives breathes and sweats basketball and you can see it on the court yeah absolutely yeah (laughs) yeah because that that coat comes off pretty quickly and the other night he had a zip up on and so funny story so i'm at the game and i'm with uh uh, rich owens one of the the owners of uh, mio's worth the game and uh coach west has the the pull up on the zip up and i'm like oh well he can't take the jacket off tonight (laughs) I mean, two seconds later, he's taking the zip-up off. He's got the polo underneath it. I'm like, wait a minute, what? I was like, oh, God, he's, he's a trip with that. But, uh, JT, your experience with Wes? Man, I literally had – everything's been, like, mostly media. But literally before his first game, I'm going – I might have been coming from – you might have actually been going, like, to class or something. But I literally was walking back to the garage, and, like, you just see this guy walking – and it's Wes. And I was just like, man, you ready for tonight? He was like, hell yeah, I am. And he just walked away. All right, man, get him, coach. You know what I mean? But it was just like one of those things. I'm just like, oh, that's Wes. Walked in, boom. But it was just a quick, quick, uh, you know, bump, shoulder bump type thing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, besides that, I mean, you understand, like, why people want to play for him. Like, the first – all right, so it's weird. I know we're not talking about football. um, But when I – I've been to quite a few – like opening press conference conferences, and uh, when I, when the you know the Bearcats hired Luke Fickle, I was like, man, I think they got it right. Like you know everybody was kind of doubting it. Like I don't know, it should have got somebody younger or somebody ex from this school or from that school that might not be doing well right now. But we're not gonna get into that. Um, and I was like, dude, I'm ready to blow my ACL right now. Right now, you know what I mean? Like you can feel it. And mm-hmm. then now you see what the football team is doing. Sure. Like the first time when I. Okay, when I went to the Wes Miller press conference, introduction conference, I was like, dude, I have the same feeling. And I told everybody that, and everybody's like, are you just drinking a Kool-Aid? And I'm like, nah, man, like, I have the same feeling when that, you know, when that happened. Like, when he got hired, I was like, 
you feel like you would go out there and blow your ankle out and be okay with it. Like you just, he just seems like a person that could hype people up and that's what you need, especially after what happened with, you know, with the Brandon thing, with, you know, that's not what this pod's about right. today, of course, but um, neither here nor there, but you understand why these young men are right now, honestly, possibly overachieving, you know, because of Wes Miller. So. Yeah. Now, now, Tim, so obviously with Wes getting the job, He's got to recruit very, very quickly. Very much. Right? And, and, and not even recruit outside of the Bearcat family. He has to recruit the returning players. Yeah. You know, which is, which is not an easy thing. And I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So, um, Wes Miller asked uh, the UC administration to um, put together a Zoom meeting of former players. I don't know if you guys heard about this. I did. And he wanted us to hear his voice. Uh, he wanted to talk about his vision, and he wanted to get our input. So I'm on the Zoom call. Uh, Kenya Martin's on there. Uh, I think Dermar was on there at the time because he wasn't hired. James White, a um, whole, whole bunch of us. Some guys from the from the past. Some some old players. Keith Greger, uh, Roland West, bunch of guys. So anyway, um, Wes is in a van. He's driving. Well, no, I'm sorry. Somebody's driving, and he's in a van and he's holding up the phone. It's good kinda, to know he's road safe. Yeah, he's definitely, definitely road safe. And so um, he's talking about his vision and then about halfway through the Zoom, he's like, I just want to let you guys know that I am on my way to the airport. I'm taking a jet and I'm going to go see, I think, Tari Eason. And then he's flying to meet from Tari Eason. He's meeting with Mikey Saunders. So he was like going around meeting with these guys and he's like, I've got to get some of these kids back. I got to get them aboard. Now, Tari was, I, th- I think that ship had already sailed um, as, as we know now, but he did a good job getting, you know, those guys back. And then he had to patchwork and go find some guys out of the, I guess it was the portal, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and get some guys. So my question then with all that, um, Tim, is I want to get your thoughts on how do you think Wes has done thus far putting a group together quickly and then going from putting them together to putting them on the court and playing well together. What are your thoughts on that so far? It's impressive. Um, You know, especially it's so hard to recruit that quickly and put things together when you have so little time before, you know, off-season practices, off-season conditioning. And, like, he did a good job. I mean, he did get lucky that he got to bring some of his guys from UNCG with him, guys like A.J. McGinnis, Hayden Koval, who have really been, you know, contributors to this team and their recent success offensively. Um, but, you know, bringing in John Newman, who, if I remember, you guys know better than me, John was supposed to go to Greensboro, right? Yes. Okay, that's yes. right, yeah. Yep. Um, like I said, too many schools, so – um, you cover you cover quite a bit of schools. I do. And so that, yeah. yeah, I get it. So um, what he's been able to do, and I think the thing that's the most impressive is what like you said. So the fact he patchworked up, he kept Mason. I think Mason was a really underrated keep because mm-hmm. Mason could easily follow his brother to Utah. Mm-hmm. And look, you know he's balling out of Utah right now. Yep. Um, so the fact that he kept Mason in, he kept Mikey, and you know JT and I've talked all the time. We think Mikey's the future of the program. I just. Mm-hmm. No one can keep up with them. So to keep those guys together to build that foundation, um, he did a really good job with this recruiting class, getting some kids in because it's four stars. But, you know, to, to answer your second part of the question, sorry to talk long-winded, but um, 
effort's really impressive for a group of guys that didn't know each other all that well. They go yeah. out there and play defense as hard as they do. Um, it's really awesome. So, uh, and that's a good point. I want, I want to dive into that a little bit. What's also been impressive to me is, you know, you talk about these guys playing hard, but he is doing like a hockey substitution. Yeah. I mean, he's running guys in and out and really outside of maybe one or two guys occasionally here and there, I don't see a lot of guys upset, you know, like with their playing time, like that you can actually see their body language. I think he's done a good job. So that means he's done a good job of communicating with these guys prior to the game. Here's your role for this game. It could be different next game. And I happen to have a little insight into that. So I know that's what he's doing. You take, for instance, Jared Hensley, you know, there was a game at Jared played six minutes, and then he turns around, he's, you know, 19 to 20 minutes. You know, in that six minutes, you know, Jared knows, I might not play a lot this game, but next game they're going to need me. But that communication is so key. I think the other thing, too, is like, you know, if all the reports are true, and like you said, I listened to that pod you guys did, I knew John pretty well from following him at Northern and going with him to Cincinnati. So, I, you know, I'm like, I never had those issues with him, but you're here, so I don't want to, like, speak on that end of it. But from everything you understand, what Wes has had to do is he's had to make these guys love basketball again. Mm-hmm. And I think that's probably his hardest job he had to do. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good point. Like like Mason, Mason Matson was, you know, in a place where he's like, I just did not have any fun, you know, that, that last season. And, and now, I mean, this last game, we're going to jump into the roster and players, but yeah. Mason got his swagger back, as he said to me. You know, he was bouncing around. Uh, Neil, you being the, being the young guy, I want to get your thoughts on the future, you know, of the program and, you know, your vision as far as like Wes Miller. And I always, always look when a guy takes over a program, regardless of where the program is at, it could be, you know, when Mick took it over, he had basically Cedric McGowan and Ronald Allen were his two guys and Brandon Miller was the walk on. Uh, or you get a Wes Miller who's got some players, but he's got to go patchwork some things together. Um, but I always say I think that third year is so important for a coach. You know, wh- where are they at in the third year? Because they've had a chance to recruit. You start to see the guys that, that fit the brand of basketball, and you start seeing their brand of basketball. What do you think, if we can forecast three years from now, what do you think about Bearcat basketball under Wes Miller three years from now? In three years from now, I can predict the Bearcats being an NCAA tournament team year in and year out under Wes Miller. Wes brings that energy. It's not only his coaching style, but as you mentioned, the younger guys, having a guy like Mike Saunders Jr. who can change the game around, as we saw it versus Illinois, where his speed tremendously changed the game around, and he had 20 points on, I believe, five or six shooting, just like that. As a sophomore, to go on the road on a neutral site versus the number 14 team in the country and just change it like that, that's a big that's a big moment but then you also have guys who have I think Tim and JT can testify to this with AJ McGinnis who has all the confidence in the world to just shoot the ball yeah. and then you have guys like Jared Hensley uh, you have Brado Du back in for a senior season graduate transfer but you also have guys coming up like no one knew what to expect from Victor Lockin coming into the season we're, and we're going to talk about that in a, in a minute with the rosters I, I, I do want to dive into Vic and, I, I, he's an intriguing yeah, go ahead. And then you also mentioned guys like Mason Madsen and under guys, you still have Micah Adams-Woods who is top seven in the country and assist to turnover mm-hmm. rate right now. Yep. So not only does Mike have that leader and that 
uh, role model to look up to. He has a great role model, Mike Adams Woods, to look up to and model his game after. And he sees the day in and day out. But on top of that, you have Mason, who we all know can shoot the ball very well. But it's not only shoot the ball. He's great defensively. He can also change the game around in many different ways. And, and JT, you, you're a – not only are you a journalist, but you're a Bearcat fan first. Yeah, for sure. Right? Always been a Bearcat fan. For sure. Uh, what's your impression of the job Wes Miller has done, and what, is your, what are your thoughts on three years from now? All right. So, I've, we said this on the pod, man. Like, I feel like, like he's playing with house money right now because you think about it. When he got the job, you were on a Zoom where he's trying to recruit these young men back. I'm writing these stories, yeah. right, like consistently. Well, shoot, he's recruiting right. the, the former players, players to be part of the program. But that's when I knew, like, okay, I hear, you know, you, you hear something from the grapevine. You, you ask this question, you ask that question, and it's the same answer. Like, no matter who you ask, it's the same question, you know, the answer. Like, you know, sometimes you hear something, you say something different. Tim says something different. Joe Schmo over there says something different, but and you're you know you're asking that question at different times, not like you're all in the same room. So like you get the same exact answer, and then you see the actions, then you get see success, right? So mm-hmm. it's crazy. But um, I know I'm getting long winded on that, and I haven't even got to the other part of it. But with them being, if I thought this team was a 16-18 win max, right? Mm-hmm. So with them. Having the one game canceled. What, what, of so okay, why why did you predict that? Okay, so at the beginning of the season, you think about it. He he came in here with five people, technically four because you had a former walk on that was on scholarship, right? But he's been injured this season, um, my man Rob Banks. But you got to think about it. you had Micah Adams Woods, Davenport, Lockin, who nobody knew from the grainy video what he's going to look like. You've seen him shooting around on IG, but everybody looks good if you're a G1 player shooting around on IG, right? Yeah. And then who was the fourth person? D- David DeJulius. So you got those four people. That's not a full team. And so, so you got to think about it like, okay, you got – I don't want to get into too much to the team. In general, you got a couple scores, got a solid guard that can distribute. You got an unknown big man, and then you got a new coach who has to teach these guys first get their trust – then implement a new system, then get them to do the system and, and play with energy and not think, right? Because most of basketball is reactional, right? You don't yeah. want to just be robotic. Oh, I'm, I'm running four outs, and then I, I just have to make this pass. So I need to do this. Like, so you got all that going on, and then he's a new coach, a new place. Like he's, even though he has the North Carolina pedigree, he's coaching at UNCG, which isn't the AAC too, and then it's not UC as well. Like, you know, at UC, people expect the basketball team to be relevant, expect the basketball team to, yeah. um, to you know, show – it's kind of like the inner city toughness. Like, you want to see that. Um, it's kind of like people take pride in that. So, you know, just kind of like the Huggins there, even Mick, like he, he still played tough. A standard has a standard, been set yeah, like for Bearcat basketball. When you're wearing that jersey, like no matter what, you're supposed to have. You're supposed to be a certain kind of player, even if you're skillful. You're supposed to have that toughness. You know, yeah. it's that grit. That's just how it is. So with him having to do everything, recruit people, then hit the portal, um, tra- you know, it, it was a lot going on. So I said 16 to 18. I thought Memphis would be a lot better in the, um, in this conference because of the talent. Uh, I knew Houston was going to be a problem, still is, but I thought 
Um, I like what you did there. Yeah. Houston, a problem. Houston, a problem, you know. Okay. You know? Yep. Did you, so, you, did you, yeah, yeah yep, you got that? It's still a problem. Did, but, you, uh, did you do that on purpose or did you just, it just, it just came? Okay. You're just naturally gifted yeah. with that. He's, yeah, you got so bars. Rapping. <laughs> rapping. One, two, one, two. No, check, check. No, but, uh, but you know, I knew Houston was going to be a problem. And then you think about Memphis, you thought Memphis was going to be a top 15 team. Still could happen, but it just doesn't look like that. Then you got other, you know, UCF, a couple other teams that have been pretty solid. So, I'm like, all right, it's a lot of unknowns. So you're like, all right, 18 max, 16 is great. Anything over 15 should be, everybody should be patting, you know, pretty much kissing his backside because of just what he's went through. It wasn't a clean off, you know, off season. So with them being 14 and five, I'm not gonna get into what you wanna talk about later, but that gave me a lot of hope just because not even for this season just for three years down the road Moving just imagine forward. once he gets once he gets his guys yeah, a little more continuity with the program i get it like was here for a week and had to get you know he got micah not micah i'm sorry but he got them to stay but he got got you know mike out of the portal mason out of the portal was anybody else somebody else i think those are the two those are the two out of the portal i know if i'm missing somebody but um, got them out of literally Jimmy out of the portal and then legit start recruiting for next season, even you know while he was still getting people out of the portal. So I thought that was super impressive because he pretty much had a team filled within three weeks. I think he had like the whole team, like he had enough where they could go play a legit basketball game where they couldn't do that at first. And I'll tell you, so just to kind of bring what all you guys yeah. said together. Um, I agree with what, what everyone said here, but on top of that, um, I had a meeting with Coach West Miller, and it was, it was not like a set meeting. It was an um, impromptu. I said, hey, Coach, I need to speak with you for a minute. And it was after a game. So you can imagine, like, you know, they won. Um, but I said, I said Coach, I have, I have to talk to you. So we're in the back by the locker room. So I need to talk to you real quick. He says, okay, what's up, man? And I said, hey, you know, I'm, in, I'm on the board for uh, Talbert House, and we do a lot of work here in the community, and, um, you know, we have a program in which we raise about $350,000 for down-and-out fathers, and we help rehabilitate them if they're on drugs, alcohol, and get them reconnected with their families. And I said, it's a very important program in our community, and the um, chairman of the board wanted to meet with you, and we wanted to engage you into – um, the program, I think it's great for the community. And he looked at me and he was like, that is fantastic. He was like, I am in, what do you need me to do? And so let me tell you how important that is. So him wanting to engage in our community, you know, tells me that this isn't just a short term thing here, right? It's like, he wants to be here. He wants to build something special here. Now, I know you said something about uh, North Carolina earlier, if that job ever opens up. I can understand him um, jumping to that. But I, I think this is the job that he wants to have and build for right now. And just his words that he said about being involved with the Talbert House. and that, I mean, he didn't even like – he was like, what do you need me to do? What are the details? I'll be there. And we have a meeting set up. Um, next, I think it's next week, we're going to sit down and, and fully get him involved. I was very impressed with that. I can add to that. So I didn't have a personal conversation with him, but my guy, Chris, my videographer, Chris McNeil, did. So we were after a game. They just did the presser. I think it was the Florida Chris, A&M uh, that played for Cooper? Yeah, Kentucky mm -hmm. Slick, Chris McNeil. Yep. His brother, Sean, at West Virginia. Yeah, yep. Yeah, so Chris is my guy. Chris is one of our videographers of 48 Minutes. 
he's the man. Um, so he works for his daytime job. He works for Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. And they were doing their, they're doing like a meeting. They're doing like the fundraiser. And it's after a game. And he's like, should I go talk to Wes? Like they just played. It was the Florida A&M game. So they won by a decent amount. And I was like, hell dude, just go talk to him. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, DC is like nervous. Cause we're just two guys just running right up the West right after a game. And he's like, like, don't worry. And uh, so Chris is like, you know, I work for Cincinnati Cancer Advisors. He named a couple guys that Wes knew that he got to know through mm-hmm. being here already. And he was like, you know, we're going to do this fundraiser. We'd love to have you there. They're talking about maybe they talked to Hugs mm-hmm. about doing something up here where Hugs is going to come back for it. And uh, Wes was like, okay, yeah. He's like, here's my personal email address. Email that. Two weeks later, Chris texts me. He's like, yeah, me and my boss are at UC basketball practice right now. It, listen, I'm glad you told that story. That adds to Wes gets it. He understands the business of basketball. And not just that, like, he really wants to do those things because it's the right thing to do. Because everyone's yeah, been, absolutely. everyone has someone that's been connected to cancer, right? So it hits everyone, and he understands that. Just a, I mean, and, and even the job that we're doing with Talbert House, it hits him because he's like, you know, I coach a lot of guys that, you know, they don't know much about their fathers and this and that and, and the ability to reconnect them up is you know crucial so i mean he, he just he just gets it so so very impressive and so i'm going to use that to segue into uh, coach west miller being a father figure to a lot of these players and i want to jump into the roster and talk about some of these players and get your guys's uh impression on them so i, I want to talk about uh the returning guys um mikey David DeJulius. I call I call David Juice. By the way, I, I call him Juice. Um, I don't I don't know. Does he have a nickname? Uh, does, does Does anybody call him anything? D, I know it's. I'll I know check his sports DDJ. reference page. Huh? I'll check his sports reference page. I'm yeah, not for sure. I, I don't know. I I call, I call him Juice, and he just like looks at me. He doesn't say. He doesn't respond good or bad. So I just keep calling him Juice. Uh, <laughs> uh, Mike Adams Woods, uh, JD Jeremiah Davenport, um, Mason Matson. Um, so let, let, let's start with you, Tim. Oh, and of course, uh, Rob Banks walk on and uh, Sam Martin, who's been here since Oscar played. Uh, <laughs> I can say that because I, I love Sam. But uh, it, it, could you jump into your thoughts on the, the returning guys and how they're doing right now? Yeah, I think um, the thing that really jumps out the most is the past couple of weeks, just the strides they've made offensively have been so impressive. Um, you know, they came from obviously West is a defensive minded coach, and he'll tell you that straight up. Big that, time. Yeah, he, he does. I mean, you, you know, he's a typical defense leads the offense kind of guy. Um, but, you know, Micah, like, you know, Neil mentioned earlier, just the way he's, he's always done a good job of taking care of the ball, but to the limits he's doing it now is extremely impressive. Um, it's really what this team needs because let's be honest here. Nine times out of, I mean, eight times out of ten, when they line up against a team on the other side, they're probably not more talented than the teams mm-hmm. they're playing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and De- Jeremiah, I know he's had some slumps this year. He's kind of had an up and down year. But you can tell he's kind of still that emotional leader. Like, mm-hmm. he's still the guy that, like, when he gets going, they respond to him. So that's really impressive. But David's been really cool, calm, and collected. Um, so when we did the presser for Crosstown, I asked Coach Steele about David. And I was like, you know, what jumps out to you and he said he's the most creative scorer that they're going to play that whole season yeah and you know they play in the big east Mm -hmm. so for him to say that is you know pretty high standards um so i think david's done a really good job you know i know jd jt is pretty high on him um he's gone as far to say if he was six five he'd probably be in the nba um you you know i i think i think that's a i think that's a great thing because 
his so from last year to this year, uh, the Julius is like his step back, and then his counter to it. I I didn't I didn't see that last year. Like no, to, to, I mean, it no. is crisp. Yeah, I literally show my son like his height. Like if I could find a clip of it, I'm like his head's up. It's like perfect. It's textbook. It's exactly how you want to do it. Like he drops. Like it's in and out. It's fire. Like every like like everything. Like his 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 uh, handle package is pretty dope. So that's why I was saying like if he was six four, if he kept like that same herky jerkiness. Like he would be in the league, like one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I agree with you. Yeah. Let me let me say something about what you just said. Yeah. Let me tell you what what's so impressive about yeah. what he's doing, and I, I heard this a long time ago. Tim Hardaway. Yeah. You guys familiar? Yeah. Do, yeah. Uh, yeah. Neil, you familiar with Tim? Okay, I gotta make sure the young <laughs> yeah, guy in the room knows. Sure. Not junior. <laughs> 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 you know, we're we're talking about the old. Okay. Yeah. You tap two steps. Killer crossover. Yeah. His crossover was, and and here's the thing that everyone said about Tim Hardaway's. You knew what was coming. You knew the scouting report, and he still got you. And with the Julius, he scouted for that step back. The opposing team knows he's going to do that, and yet he still gets you. He sets you up. That is practice preparation over and over and the ability to read yeah. the defender. It's very impressive, and I agree with you on the height. Yeah, I think – I'm telling you, like, I said that. I said that to Tim. Like, we just talked about this literally, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. I was like, dude, if he was 6'4", he would definitely be on. Because he's going to get the – the thing about it, he's going to make money playing basketball until he wants to stop. Yeah. Like, that's – nothing stopping that. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he could, he's going to make money playing basketball. Wait, so, give me your thoughts on Jeremiah Davenport. Um, when he's hot, he's hot. Yeah. When he's making, you know, his three-point, obviously, it was two yeah. games of seven, three, he had Something seven. Crazy. He had seven. His seven at seven, Memphis, seven. right? Was it seven at Memphis and then seven the other okay, night? Yeah, um, so, yeah. you know, and you know who he reminds me of in, in terms of shooting the three, getting hot one night and some nights is not as Melvin Levitt, my old teammate, was just like that. Hmm. Mel, <laughs> Mel would just, he would be on fire one night from three and then another night he, he might not be as hot. There's been some inconsistency. But where, where do you, what, in terms of uh, the inconsistency, what were you, when you watch, what do you think's happening that's made him inconsistent with that? Mm, this year, like at first, I think he's starting to find his groove. Like since conference play, I feel like I've seen a difference in him. But I think knowing that he came in with accolades, one of the, you know, he was the leading scorer. I think they came back right last year, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. You know, being preseason, eight, you know, second team AAC, and then. Uh, you know, people just kind of having that expectation. I think he might have been pressing a little bit too much, too. Like, being from Cincinnati, uh, yeah. being the one that, you know, kind of everybody knew wasn't going to waver no matter what happened. Um, where I think he was pressing, where he wasn't really making the right play. He just was like, I'm about to try to get mines. But besides not – it wasn't that smooth. Like, I feel like now yeah. he's kind of like, okay, if I'm off, I'm still going to try to get rebounds. I'm going to still try to make that extra Doing play. Doing other things, Little yeah. things where I feel like if he was cold, where I feel like everything else kind of – wavered for him too as well right well I feel like since um you know the AAC has started he's really kind of like honed in like, okay maybe I have five points tonight but I'm gonna make some play that nobody really has on a stat sheet that he might have got a deflection or something like that where you you know you might look at it like ah oh, JD's yeah kind of locked in still you know what I mean so Neil as you mentioned the seven threes it's also the fact too is that when he is going through that slumps he helps his team in other ways he, if he's having an off night, he still crashes the board. 
still pass the ball around, but when he is hot, it's very well and benefits this team. But Wes Miller also said earlier, right before conference play, that they were actually playing him more at the four and they were looking to mm-hmm. find ways to get him yeah. involved to the three. Yeah. So now that he's fluctuating into that three a little more, now that the roster is kind of everyone's finding their roles, their pieces, this is where we're going to see Jeremiah Davenport really start to succeed and become that level, top-level scorer that everyone's anticipating him to be. Tim, you want to add something? Yeah, I think uh, I can say this because I'm the one here that's not the Bias UC fan, right? So, like, this might sound super hot takey for your listeners, but defensively he kind of reminds me of Lance, how physical he is, how on the ball he is, his ball pressure, his length. He plays defense a lot like Lance Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Make him dance Lance. Yeah. Who's Colin Cruzy, who's uh, one of our producers. Lance is one of his favorite players uh, with the Pacers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's a big, big Pacers fan. Over I'll see him in a couple I weeks. Too. I am too. Are you going to the Pacers? I'm going to the Bulls-Pacers game. Bulls-Pacers. You're, you're a big Bulls fan. Die hard. Yeah. So I used to be a big Bulls fan. Mm-hmm. Um, still, you know, casually like the Bulls. I'm, I'm starting to like the Pacers more and more because of, because of Lance when, when he started with them. But, um, but quick, quick uh, one more guy I want to I talk about, and that is uh, uh, Mikey. Um, you know, and, and Neil, I want you to address this. With, with, with Mikey Saunders – he is he has elite speed next level speed but i think the thing that he struggled with and you can hear rumblings in the crowd at times and rumblings on twitter for whatever that's worth um about him getting out of control and so you look at a guy like mikey and you look at his elite speed like that's his superhero power to be that quick but when he figures out how to get under control at times with that, gosh, watch out. I mean, he, he'll be unstoppable. I can agree on that. Uh, we saw his speed take over, and it's not only his elite speed. He can go from uh, gear one to a gear three. And if you see a loose ball, he picks it up maybe three-fourths away down the court, and it's two-on-one, good luck. He's taking it to the rack, and he's going to take the contact and make sure he gets, gets to the hole. But also his speed, his, we've seen the speed. But over the last, we've seen the development from his freshman year to the sophomore year. Mm-hmm. He Sometimes he doesn't take it right away. He backs out. He makes a smarter play. And you can see, like, his, he's learning from guys like he Mike is. Adams-Woods, David Julius. But over the next span of two, three years that Mike Saunders Jr. is here, he will be a top, top point guard, not just within the AAC, but within all of college basketball. I firmly believe that. Yeah, I, I, will, I will second that. Um, another thing that's been very impressive with Mikey is, you know, early on, um, I believe, I don't know if it was the first or second game of the year, um, he didn't start. Okay, and I believe, I, I think we all have heard the story that Wes had a conversation with him like, hey, you know, you probably deserve to, but you're not going to start. And he's like, look, coach, whatever you need me to do, I'm going to come off the bench. So he was all bought in, right? And I will never forget. I forget at what point in the game. It was, you know, Weston put him in off the bench right away. It took him a little while to put him in. But he comes in, and Mikey heats up the opposing team's guard, and he gets a steal right off the bat. And he did it twice. So after the game, I said to Mikey, I said, the most impressive thing that you've done your entire career here so far were those two steals because you didn't put your head down about not starting and you made it happen defensively right away. And I'm saying all that to say this. If Mikey can put that in a bottle moving forward to have a guard 
of that speed, heat up the opposing team's point guard and get them out of their sets, that makes the Bearcat basketball team elite defensively. And that takes us from here to here, that next level. And I'm sure you've seen him uh, defensively. He's improving, I think, every single game. I, I do see that. I, I've seen from year one, we saw his breakout last year. I believe it was versus Memphis, actually, where he exploded off the bench after he didn't see much playing time. Obviously, last year was an unforeseen year with COVID yep. and everything else going on. But then this year, you've seen it. He's locked in defensively. He's Actually, I believe might be wrong on this. He's been spending a lot of time with David, and you can see both of their work ethic and how they're learning because, as you mentioned earlier, David stepped back. There was one practice before I actually spoke to David. He was in that gym about half hour before anybody else working on that exact same setback. So you not only have a great leader in David to provide a great role for Mike, but now you can see, like, over the course of years, that elite speed. He has started shooting the ball more. He's been very effective shooting the ball, and he's been able to – turn the game around very quickly, change the pace of the game, change everything. And, and you made a, a good point. Um, David DeJulius is big on skill work. And, you know, he gets in the gym and works on his footwork, which I think is infectious for the younger group coming in. They can see that they're like, David's putting in this work. We see a step back. We see his you know, attention to detail, and hopefully that wears on the younger guys um, coming up. And so I do want to jump in. If we can bring it back to you, Tim, I do want to talk about, as we speak about the younger guys, um, some of the younger guys that are now with the program. Uh, Jerry, you know what? I'm sorry. We haven't talked very much about Mason Matson. No. We, we can't forget. My we, guy. We, 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 let, let's talk about Mason. What's your impression of Mason? Not the Monmouth game. Was it Monmouth? I believe it was Monmouth. He had his first dunk, and mm -hmm. did I get a fast break dunk and put a one-hander in? Uh, that was pretty impressive. But what was it the last game, you could see, like, and finding a three-point shot yeah. is just super fun. Yeah. Bacon, was that Roger Bacon? Showed those guys so much love. Like, people were coming over asking for, for pictures. First of all, like, there were like three people that thought Hayden was Victor. <laughs> and they were, like, they were like speaking slow. They were like, how do you like America? <laughs> I'm like, yo, he's from Texas. <laughs> wow. Wow. The Tall white guy, you know, it's, yeah, it's easy. The one girl goes, you're from Russia, right? And everyone just started cracking up. He's like, nope, I'm not. And she's like, oh, I didn't expect that voice. But, but uh, so uh, back to Mason. When Mason came to the game uh, with us, you know, Mason was sitting next to me. Man, he just has this. I told him, I was like, dude, you have like this Travis Kelsey personality. It's, it's just like. So one of the Roger Bacon kids dove on the floor, and there's a, picture, a photographer took a picture of it at the game. He dove on the floor, like, right next to us for a loose ball. And Mason has no dog in the fight this game. Mason jumps up, and he's like, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And he's, like, hyping. And the kid's like, yo, appreciate that. Like, that's Mason Madsen. And so he just has this man. That, and, and, and I think he does have – you know, those characteristics of that hugs character personalities from back then. I think when it's all said and done, and, and Mason's a sophomore right now, but when he's a senior, I mean, I, I think he's going to leave as one of those guys that, that Bearcat Nation just absolutely loves. And that's your guy, Tim. It's so, my guy. Where's the 4-5? So, <laughs> true, true. The old MJ 4-5. The comeback. The comeback. That didn't last. The Jordan Moore 45 didn't last too long. No, what a couple that, months. 
couple months. Yeah, Nick and Anderson was, said uh, 45 messed up, 23 wouldn't do that in the next game. It, 23 it was, was back. Yep, yep, I, I remember that. Um, so uh, let, let, let's talk about um, some of the new guys. Uh, and I want to I talk right away about uh, Jared Hensley, who went to that game with me. I am a huge Jared Hensley fan. Um, on several different levels, and I, I want—I know I've been talking. I want to let you guys talk, but his mentality—he um, really wants to be great here. He texted me one time. I was shooting him some words of encouragement. He might have played like three minutes or something like that a game, and I was shooting him some words of encouragement. He texted me back, and I still have it saved on my phone. He said, "I promise you, I will leave here a great player." That's what he told me. He texted me that, I promise you, I will leave here a great player. His, I love his mentality, his work ethic, and he's always ready to play hard. He's like a babyface assassin, man. You mm-hmm. know, you're like, we talk to him sometimes in post-game to pressers, and he's like, yeah, you know, we, we played hard, and shout out my teammates. They got me the ball in the right spots. But then you, like, see him on the court, and it's like he's, like, yakking on people, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> I see, I see. Yeah, he's a very likable player. Um, yeah. I think those two, him and Victor, the way that they can both kind of play their roles is really impressive. Um, I think that's something that's really going to help UCL, especially if they have those guys for a couple of years. And Jared's, I mean, 6'8", 220, long. Bulked up a little bit, too, since he came. Yeah, he has bulked up. He still needs to get – I always get on him. I'm like, bro, you need to get the Bearcat weight room with, with strength coach Mike and get, and get bigger. And when he does that and puts it all together, um, you know, watch out. And, 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 and Neil, I want to I jump to you. Um, Victor. Victor, so I had, so I went to, I went to the first practice of the year, and I tweeted out, hey, I'm going to practice, check out the new squad, and I had like five tweets back right after I got out, how does Vic look? Is he any good? And I tweeted back, I have no clue. He didn't even practice. He was in a boot, and I couldn't, I couldn't say that on Twitter because, you know, a lot of stuff we got to keep in house and I'm not allowed to say that. But like I went to a couple practices and I watched him and I'm like, I don't know if he's any good. I couldn't tell. It was the most bizarre thing. But Victor has shown the kid can play. Yeah, he really has. Uh, as you mentioned that first practice, uh, there was one play that really stood out to me was when I believe it was either Micah or David driving to the rim in practice. And Victor just comes swooping around and just pins him from the top of the square off the backboard. And that's when I kind of looked and I was like, yeah, no one's really saw him. No one's got film on him. And then I, then he did it again. And I was like, yeah, he's going to be a problem. Yeah. And then now we've seen the flashes of him. Obviously, he's missed some time this year. But we saw the double, his first career double-double versus Bryant. Yep. And everyone was like, yeah, he, this kid's the real deal. And then obviously once that, that Bryant game hit, he's now become a fan favorite. And if you think about it, I think it was the Xavier game, I believe. The first two mm-hmm. possessions were him on a, on a jump hook, right? Was it left shoulder, right hand jump hook? Yep. First two possessions, no fear. Um, what is he, 6'11"? 6'10", 6'11", yeah. Steele really likes him. So, Steele likes him. <laughs> He's, uh, Vic, Vic is tough. And, you know, here's, here's a funny story. People can say what they want about John Brandon, but the dude can evaluate talent. He brought in some dudes. I mean, he brought in some dudes. And I remember talking with uh, Coach Brandon. Victor was hurt. And, and Coach Brandon and I, I think I was at a practice, and I said, 
How, what's up with the Vic dude? Is he going to stay here? Is he going to leave? Is he any good? Coach Brandon looked at me, and he was like, Meach, dude can play. And I'm like, really? But he didn't. I mean, he just – I'm sorry. The profile, he just didn't look like he's hurt. And crazy story, Neil, I go to Newport Central Catholic was playing Dixie High School. And I went to the basketball game. I know a couple kids on both teams. And I get to the gym and I sit down. And second quarter, this guy comes walking by and sits down with me, Coach Brandon. This was like not long ago. And I'm like, Coach, what's up, man? How you doing? And he's like, good. He's like, how the Bearcats doing, man? How how my boys? He says, I haven't really. He says, just I have been able to watch it. I kind of updated him on a couple guys. He's like, man, I want them to do so well. He wanted his his guys to do well, and and he was like, how's Vic doing? I said, Vic's a baller, and you told me. He's like, Vic is a monster. Like he was still that energy talking about Vic. He really likes Vic, and we're gonna have him for a while. Got to keep him healthy. Yeah, and honestly, Vic will be. Everyone was really kind of upset about Tari leaving, but Vic yeah. reminds me. A lot like Tari, and Tari's balling this year. He is. <laughs> he's but dunked on a couple folks. A of, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. No doubt about it. He's but Vic, Vic reminds me a lot. Uh, Vic reminds me a lot of Tari Eason. Yeah. I thought I had the hot take of the podcast. He, he, he just, yeah, he just, he just had the hot take, Neil, of the, of the podcast. Uh, let's jump to you, JT. And I want to talk about some of these other guys that have, uh, have transferred in. Abdul, um, AJ, uh, John Newman. Uh, why don't you jump and talk about those guys a little okay, bit? Okay, yeah. Um, like, Newman is like that glue guy. Like, this team was – like, you know, this team is definitely overachieving for sure, has a chance to possibly go to the NCAA tournament. I know we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But um, he's one of those guys that you – I said that on the podcast. I feel like he's just a guy that if you go play – drop a ball down anywhere – you want a guy like John Newman. He's going to play defense. I don't think he's going to be scared of who the opponent is. You could take him into a – no, he's just a tough, tough-minded player, and you need a player like that that just, just, just doesn't care. And um, it's normally going to be good for your team. He's like one of those guys you probably hate to play against, but you want him on your team. So um, him, I, I've been super impressed with him. And he's, he's, you know, as of late, you know, I know he went down last game or whatnot, but he's, you know, gotten hot kind of like Jeremiah where he's getting double digits here and there, just showing his effect on the game. Uh, Adu. Well, I'm going to say something man. I say something about um, uh, John Newman. At times, he's really reminded me um, of a Mick era guy, and that's Rashad Bishop. Makes perfect sense. Right? Perfect sense. He's, he's a little bit smaller, but. A little bit smaller, but, but he's done guy. some Rashad yeah. Bishop things yeah. that are so, they don't appear on all the stat yeah. sheets. You, you, you know, I think one thing with Rashad Bishop was you'd leave the game, and then you'd look, and you're like, dude played really well, but I didn't even notice it during the game. Yeah. And Newman has done things if, if – if you're just a person that watches the game, you may not see it, but I see a lot of, you know, he does a lot of really, really good things yeah. that affect his team. So hopefully, you know, his injury, he's okay and yeah. can, can return. But you want to jump into yeah, uh, yeah. Abdul? Yeah, Abdul, you know, didn't really know. I mean, him playing with the SEC, Mississippi State, expected him just to be a big body per se. But, you know, at times he's provided a lot for him on the offensive end, a little bit more than I expected. Uh, big body. Blocks blocks shots very well. Of course, that was the you know the scouting report. But just to see it in person, you're like, dang, dude, times it pretty well. Like he doesn't like he's jumping high at times, yeah. but he really walls up very well. 
um, been a pleasant surprise, especially after last year. I felt like the one knock of you know the pre previous team, I felt like it was kind of like a layup line. And this year isn't <laughs> the same. I mean, just yeah. honestly, I feel like I could have made a couple layups out there. You know what that's I mean? A, that's a stretch, that's JT. JT. I probably, I now, they probably would have pit me, but I, I felt like I could have You felt, it. okay. Mentally, like, you know what it's I mean? Two, yeah, it's two different things. It's two different things, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, hey, if I go out there and stretch, <laughs> I might can get a layup off. <laughs> but it might not happen, right? Right, right. <laughs> but I felt, I felt like that. Now I'll be like, nah, I'm cool. I'm just going to go ahead and well, take my ball and go to the sideline. To your point, I think, with, with this <laughs> basketball team, the, the rim protection, yeah. Um. You know, there's the, and that's that's been a a, a staple of Bearcat basketball. Yep. You know, is that rim protection. So it's good to see a guy like Abdul. And I got a quick um Abdul story. So, uh, I forget what game it was. I was in the back by the locker room, and I was talking with um Wes, Coach Roberts, and a couple of us. And Abdul came out, and he was talking to all of us. And uh, Wes pointed at um Abdul, and he said. Man, he said, this kid right here, and he's talking to everybody I'm with, he was like, I wish I had this kid for four years. And Abdul turned and looked, I swear, he looked at Wes in front of all these yeah. other adults, and he goes, Coach, you've been the best thing that's happened for me. He goes, I really wish I had you for four years. You've been the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I was like, and everybody like looked at each other like, and I, we were like, Coach, did you plan this? Like, that was, <laughs> was that scripted? Coach was like, you know, no, like, so he really, it's a mutual, it was really impressive to hear him say that about Wes. Yeah, Neil had a, um, if y'all go to the YouTube page, Front Office News, Neil has an interview with him, and he says. With Abdul? Yeah, with Abdul, Look, before the season. So speak I'll let on him that, talk Neil. about that real quick. So, yeah, Abdul was, uh, he was actually pretty awesome. Uh, he, he basically broke it down on his decision to come to UC and what it's like to play for Wes Miller, and he said he would absolutely run through a brick wall. Wow. Miller. And that was uh, before the season, actually. I've always wondered where that came from, run through a brick wall. Does anybody know the, the – the, Tim, I feel like you might know the history of that because I don't know anybody's run through a brick wall, like literally. I think um, some people saw some X-Men comics with the Juggernaut. Is that what it I is? I think that's where they got it. Okay. Because that was like a big thing for that. That's I've like always my nerdy wondered side that. I get to bring out, so I I'm pretty excited. You, I knew somebody here was going to help me with that. Yeah, I got a damn Spider-Man tattoo, so it's my alley. I'm sorry, you have, you have a Spider-Man tattoo? I do. Really? Mm -hmm. What inspired you to – Did your, was this pre-wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I'm a, uh, actually, she was there with me. When you got the tattoo? Mm -hmm. So she approved this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Good. she knows it's a big passion of mine, and uh, it's half Peter Parker, half Miles Morales because I got it during uh, the Black Lives Matter raising. Okay. So it's kind of like, and my nephew's favorite character, Spider-Man. So um, it's half and half mass. So I did it as like a unity thing. Okay. Did you know this, JT and I Neil? Okay. This is this is impressive. Did you see the new Spider-Man movie? Loved, Loved it. it. I went with my nephews to it. I was so lost. <laughs> I uh, cruisy way. <laughs> no. So I'm not a. Um, I'm not a big movie guy. If I do, it's it's like a I love the the murder mysteries. As as Stu knows, Stu knows I love murder mysteries. He doesn't because he thinks he gets scared. Anyway, um, me too, buddy. You get scared of the murder mysteries. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll we'll talk about it. You love murder mysteries, Neil. Neil, let's talk offline. We got some stuff to talk about with that. But uh, so I, I've never seen a Spider-Man movie ever. So my nephews are like, you know, will you take Uncle Alex, will you take us? I said, sure, I'll take you. So I go and they're trying to like fill me in and I'm half listening and I'm watching and I'm like, so we leave there and I'm like, 
okay, it's cool. And they're like, dude, that was awesome. I'm like, all right, I, I guess I guess you got to kind of see the earlier ones. and. Yeah, I mean, I've been reading the comics since I was a kid. I've collected the action figures. I've played the video games. So it's like always been a big part of me. Okay. And you were right earlier. This The podcast is going to kind of like yep. jump and take some different Welcome terms. Welcome to the podcast with Tim Daniel. <laughs> we're jumping and talking about we go from Abdul to Spider-Man. <laughs> Hey, uh, hey, hey, Tim, has, has there been anyone on this team for you that has stuck out this season um, that has been the MVP thus far? Ooh, MVP. I didn't think about that. Oh, uh, man. That is a good one. Why don't we go with them first? I'll, let me think okay. about it. All right. Neil? Mine would have to be David DeJulius. Juice. Why? Just the, the leadership role, as you, we've all saw last year, uh, unforeseen year, he took some time off, and then he came back for the AAC tournament. But not only has he took that time off in the offseason to prepare for this year, but his game has took that next step. And not, not only on the scoring-wise, but also just on the fact of him being as a leader. As I mentioned earlier, he's usually the first one in practices, yeah. first one getting his shots up. But last year he shot 36% from the field. This year he is shooting 42% roughly, five games of 20-plus points. Mm. And not only is he scoring the ball, but when he's involved in the offense and locked in on defense, as we all were there at Monmouth, after the game I asked him what it was like to hold George Pappas, the MAC uh, score to just six points when he was averaging 20 a game, and he actually said he was pissed off about it. Mm. So that's something that's always stood out to me Make about sure David. Oh, the famous George Pappas moment is when Kansas was blown out Monmouth by about 50. George Pappas was the player who stole the ball with three seconds left, ran down, and decided to dunk and get yep. teed up as time expired. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember that. And 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 the Julius um, had a really good game. I believe it was uh, the Wichita State game, right? He had a, a he had like 18 points. But I thought defensively he played really well. You know, a lot of times we we get caught up in the points. And we forget about, you know, how important the defense is. But I thought defensively um, he played very well. So Neil's uh, MVP thus far is what I call, I call him Juice, is Juice. So let's, uh, JT, I want to get your vote here. I should have took the mic first so I can get mine off first. Because so. oh. I, I picked because I got legit, you know, David Julius, man. I, I okay, your Juice thought, as well. Yeah, not, not even on the point side. I was actually going to go with that, um, just the way he creates mm -hmm. brothers. And then, like, he kind of sets the tone. Yep. Even on the defensive end, you know, I know Mikey does a lot, too, as well on that, you know. But them, like, every night he knows he's going into a matchup with XYZ point guard. They're probably going to be undersized if a team like, you know, this Memphis, they, they throw out their 6'6 six, six guards, 6'8 six, guards, and he's mm -hmm. six foot, and he's going to have to probably guard one of those dudes, and he's, he's meeting the challenge like a bulldog every game. So um, I feel like his growth from last year to this year and just kind of being more comfortable in his role is super huge for the Bearcats to be where they're at right now. So David Julius, Juice, Juice Man. Ju <laughs> I think that's sticking, so you need to, you need to start calling him Juice from him juice. Uh, yeah, from here out. Right, I got to make sure I'm a couple of rows back just in case he don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, could be, I could be setting yeah, you up. Me up. He's like, man, what'd like, you call me, bro? I'm going to say Meech Meech said it, and hopefully it's all good. You know he calls I mean? me Big Meech. All right, Big Meech. He goes, yo, what's up, Big Meech? Right. He always, he always says I'm that. I'm going to say Big Meech told me. Yeah, told he'll, me be like, call you juice. he'll be like, I don't like that. Is this cool? Like you know what I mean? I'm like, is it cool or not? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> Let me know what he says. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's take it back to Tim. Tim, do you want me to say mine before you? Go for it. Yeah. So I, I do agree um, with Juice, but I, I'm going to throw somebody out there. Um, somebody I think who's played, I believe, probably the. I don't have all the the stats up here, but I think he's played probably the most minutes all year, and that's uh, Mike Adams Woods, and he's been very consistent. If you look at it, he's been very, very consistent. Uh, although I would give the edge to, to Juice, I would say, you know, Micah has to be in that discussion as well in his importance. That's where team. I was going to go. That's where you're going to go? Yeah. Go. I think um, for both those guys, you know, you talked about David's habits. I think that comes from being at Michigan and yeah. playing for Juwan. Absolutely. And playing for John Beeline for a year. Mm-hmm. Just kind of being and being around guys like Duncan Robinson for a little while. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, and Mo Wagner. Mm-hmm. Just guys who, you know, are now in the league and you saw their habits. And I think he that picked him up. So when he brought that here, that helped out so much. Uh, for the younger guys but you know like you said Micah just taking care of the ball um, I still don't love the mechanics of his jumper <laughs> I still want that to get fixed really yeah. bad he worked on it. he's, he's worked he's, he's worked really hard but, on it yeah yeah um but yeah just the assist to turnover ratio the on-ball defense the perimeter defense you know especially in the AAC when every team wants to shoot threes like mm-hmm. uh, yeah I definitely agree with you yeah and and, and I think him play, I mean, coach can't take him out of the game. No. Which which should tell you. I mean, he's got to be. Oh gosh, I got to look up these stats. He's got to be leading the team in minutes, right? They have such a goofy close? like three ball handlers and three bigs that they can just <laughs> rotate out throughout the game. I, you know, and one of the things. Um, so I'm sitting in the stands for one game, and a fan asked me a question. He's like, "I wish, I wish Wes." He's like, "I love that. I love they always hit me with. I love Wes, but you know, I love Wes, but transition year. It's okay." <laughs> They're like, I wish he would stop playing so many guys. And I said, I can get that. But at the same time, there's been a different guy really step up and, and, and help out this basketball team. I mean, just think about last game, Hensley. Mm-hmm. He stepped up. Hendog stepped up and, and played well. And, you know, and, and he could have been a guy who played four minutes. But coach decided you know it's his time today Vic was out and I'm like you never know in college basketball right now with the COVID cases guys getting hurt obviously we see that with with Mason and 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 Mason with the hip injury Vic and John you need other guys and you need other guys engaged and I think Wes has done a tremendous job with keeping these guys engaged and saying you never know what's going to be your time Neil as you mentioned, guys stepping in, there was one guy you haven't mentioned yet tonight. Uh-oh. Odio Guama. Ooh. That deal's guy. Mm-hmm. That's your guy? That it's like we guy. all have different guys. Like, Hensley, like, Hendog's definitely one of my guys. Yours, yours is mate. So you're, you're big. I'm big on Odie. Big Odie. Big Odie guy. But Odie runs down the court like Dennis Rodman. <laughs> have you guys noticed that? You said that first game? Yeah. I'm like, jeez, yeah, like, he, yeah, he gets – yeah, and his legs kick it like a horse. Yeah, he hits so, the boards like Dennis Rodman does too. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do like, I do like his energy. But not, but go not ahead. twenty plus zero, not zero and twenty-eight. But he hits the boards like an NBA Hall of Famer. But there's two games that have stuck out to me. There's two games that have stuck out to me from Odie. Okay. SMU. Okay. And Tulsa. Okay. And both times, it's not the scoring aspect. He has put up 10 rebounds in both of them with two and four points collectively in each game. Mm. Mm-hmm. Neil, Neil was ready for this. He had that ready to go. He's ready to fire that off. You see how he grabbed the mic from you? Oh, and he was – you knew he that – you saw your mouth moving. He was like, Odie time. <laughs> <laughs> Odie time. I love how we all have like a different uh, – that's, that's, that's pretty cool. Uh, 
I do, I do want to jump into this uh, this schedule here real quick, and, and I've, I've mentioned this before on past podcasts, and that is learning from, you know, Bob Huggins. You know, he always broke – I'm fascinated with this. He's always broke the season down into many seasons. Um, and then I was with Andre Tate. When Andre Tate was on the podcast, he had mentioned something as well that Huggs used to say to his team, and that is winning streaks, that – you know, he would look at winning streaks and, and basically say, if we can go on small winning streaks throughout the season or even long winning streaks, how if you think about conference tournament and NCAA, those are winning streaks. So we, if we can, you know, figure out those habits and develop those habits of winning streaks and, and what those mean, that plays into the tournament, which becomes the most important thing. So just looking at the season within the season and all these these early games, obviously Evansville, Georgia, Alabama, Presbyterian, you know, we win those games and that kind of leads into the Illinois, um, Arkansas, the Hall of Fame classic. And if you really look at it, the energy is kind of building up after the Presbyterian game, right? We beat Georgia, who has the name, but I think Georgia's a little, you know, they were they were down. And but going to that Illinois game at the time, you know, whatever they were ranked 14th or I don't even remember what they were at the time, but um, the, to, for them to go to Kansas City, neutral site, and and beat them by 20, the only thing that worried me with that, Tim, was Oh God! The expectations of fans are going to be through yep. the yep. roof. Yep, especially because that was Kofi's first game back. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, they're going to think this team is way better than what they are. And, and listen, I'll I'll be the first to admit before people go back on my Twitter and and say to me, you you said this about this team, and I did. After the Illinois game, I saw elements where this team can be really, really good, but can they consistently be good over long time? I don't know, but you, you agree with that, Tim? Yeah, um, I definitely think that that definitely raised expectations a ton. And, you know, you beat Andre Curbelo and Kofi Coburn, who are going to be in major draft picks. So, like, that's definitely a great win for them. And the next night they play Arkansas, and they play like hell. Arkansas is just more talented than yeah. them. Um, so, yeah, I think, like, just that energy pickup was so nice. But then, like you said, you run into the Monmouth game. Who Monmouth's a good basketball team. But they are. Ten times, we, nine times out of ten since I should beat them. And, and that, so I want you to, to dive in that a little bit. So you go from being undefeated, beating Illinois, and then losing to Arkansas. People are excited. And you come in, it's like Monmouth. Brr, and now – a casual fan will hear the name Monmouth and go, they're not very good. But Better basketball are. team than, than people know about, right? Absolutely. And come in and, and beat us. So now, oh, God, we're not very good, this team. And now it's breaking down all the deficiencies of this team. But um, So, Tim, my question is, after – Losing to Arkansas, expectations are high, then losing to Monmouth. What was your impression of the team at that point in, in moving forward? So I'll be honest, um, I wasn't super high on them coming to the year. I didn't think it was a bad thing. I just thought it was going to be a transition year. I think that a lot of people were Yeah, in the same I thought boat. that it was going to take them a bit to put it together. And you could see after the Illinois game, they were farther ahead than I thought they were. Um, and then the Arkansas game, I was blown away. And talk, and hearing Musselman, the post-game presser, talk yeah. about just how impressed he was with them and – you know, he called them an NCAA tournament team, and yes, I know that's going to be a conversation we're going to have later on the show. Um, you know, it was like, okay, maybe this team's going to be there. Like, um, I follow Ken Palm, like, religiously. Like, I look at Ken Palm every day. So UC has always been the top 50 in the country in defense on Ken Palm. 
but it's the other side of the ball where they're like 177th at times mm-hmm. and they're really low they're in offensive efficiency they're scoring you know 70 80 points a game right now but they're not doing it super efficient all the time so i was kind of nervous about that um I wasn't really disappointed with the Monmouth loss because I know they're a good team just from studying so much basketball. And obviously, you know, Wes's brother Walker did play at North Carolina, so that was a big transfer for them. Yeah. Um, And he's a good ball player. And, you know, Neil mentioned George Pappas earlier. He's a good ball player. Um, I think it was like, you know, it's like, okay, you know, that, that happens. And then I think they got a couple wins right before Crosstown. Crosstown was when I got scared. So let me, before you jump to that, we have to talk about the Miami Oxford game. Yes. Um, I was at that game. I'm telling you, that was Miami-Oxford Super Bowl. It was. Um, now, every – that student section was – I think there were more – from the Miami standpoint, it was all all students. I mean, that place was as jumping as it's been in a long time. And I think every student was at Brick Street, uh, the bar, prior to the game because they were, they were feeling it. Uh, and we struggled. We struggled against Miami. And at that point then – you know, we go from Monmouth to escaping Miami with a one-point win, and really, Miami should have won that game. That shot should have gone in. Yeah, yeah. That, that shot should have gone in. I think Precious was the was the kid's name. It should have it should have gone in. He makes that. I mean, he makes it almost every time. And at that point, I'm like, are we seeing kind of the team that I thought at the beginning of the year, kind of inconsistent, trying to figure out. You know everybody's uh, different roles, but end up going and uh, turning around and beating Bryant, which you know we should do, and then leading to that crosstown shootout. Which, gosh, I, it, JT, you want to take this this mic here? The, the 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 crosstown shootout game is. I didn't go. This is the first time I haven't gone to the crosstown shootout game, and gosh, yeah. I don't know how long it's been, but so, that was so tough. Yeah. So I've had Tim, my man Tim, on the pod a few times. And I grabbed him because, he, boo, he's a Xavier cover, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We are talking about what were you he doing covered, that game? Yeah. So, he, you know, he covers Xavier. You're doing both? Yeah. Okay. So, you know, who who to get on the podcast and talk about Xavier? But, Tim, he, he's got great knowledge. So, yeah, for sure. Um, doing, knowing, watching the team, even though I despise Xavier, knowing my, you know, knowing basketball, I was like, man, how they're coming into this game, I don't like yeah. it, right? Yeah. So, and I it hated me to say it, but I just had to be a realist, like take off the UC hat and be like, look, man, I think Xavier's going to handle them. But I thought they could play scrappy because they showed against Illinois and Arkansas yeah. that they can play with top-tier competition. But the gift and the curse of the Arkansas and Illinois game is you have – legit film against legit top tier talent to, at your disposal. So it's like, okay, what did this team do well? Just think about it. Illinois, Mikey, Mikey Saunders took over that game. Then you still have shot making of, you know, JD. You know, I feel like the Julius played very well the first game. I think he played well both games, I want to say. But you saw Arkansas make it real tough for JD to do anything. They, they were on him like a cheap coat. So he had, you know, no points, and then they lost by three or something like that, right? I know you got to pull it up, but three or four points um, where they gave other quality teams that have talent the blueprint to play the Bearcats for a while. You kind of saw that take place um, where it got muddy. A lot of teams start going zone um, where, you know, right now if you play man-to-man against this team, 
they're going to get a chance. They're going to get good shots. They're going to, you know, get to the paint and do a lot of things. And I think to tie that into the where they're at right now, they're finally able to play against zone. And I think that's where they're making that next step. But that Xavier game, I kind of knew it was going to be a little ugly. I didn't expect it to get that bad. I think it just kind of just once the water – when Nunji played the best game of his life and um, – you know, the Foster was on. But Xavier always has that one player that plays out of their damn mind and, and it normally burns UC. You know uh, what I mean? It just happens, dude. Like, people shoot 10% for three all, all, their whole career and they hit five threes or whatever. But whatever, we'll, we'll get into that. Tim, when was the last time the Bearcats have won at the Centos Center? Do you know? 2000. Jeez. 2001, yeah, because it was the second year of Centos Center. Was that so? That was Mick Cronin's. No, that was uh, that was Hugs. Yeah. Oh snap! Wait, 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 wait. Oh yeah, yeah, Hugs. That would be Hugs. That was the last time. Last time. So Mick never won there. Andy Kennedy never won there. Oh man. Was what fight? There was a fight there. What? <laughs> what? Wait a minute. There was a Hold fight on. in the shootout. Hold on. I don't remember no this. No way. Really? Uh, Hearing Redford tell the story of the fight is the best story of all time. With, with him running <laughs> away? <laughs> He's like, I'm not fighting Yancey Gates. Uh, he might be the smartest one he out of everybody. He's one of my best friends, man. I is love he, him to death. Tell him I said hello. I will. I he will. just recently married, right? Yeah, he's about to have a baby. Congrats. Tell yeah, him I said congrats. I will. That's awesome. He's such a good dude, man. Yeah, he is. Very, very good dude. Um, so, and Tim, listen, you you know you cover Xavier. Mm-hmm. Did you was your expectations going yes. in that game that, that Xavier? Yeah, there were a couple people that I talked to. You know, um, Byron Larkin and Byron Larkin. I swear, I talked to him before every shootout. I don't think I've ever heard him get it wrong. Like every prediction, he's gotten right. Like, and he's like, well, I remember one year he's like, UC's gonna kill us. He's like, mm-hmm. I guarantee it's just a bad matchup. And he's always honest, and he's always Right. And so when he told me before this game, he says, I think Xavier's going to get him this year. I'm like, damn it. You know why? So Byron and Joe, this is kind of behind the curtain for the enemy. Byron and Joe, like I've, been, I've traveled with them. Like I was with them in Charleston a couple years ago. Joe Sunderman for, Joe for Sunderman, those Bearcat yes. fans who Th- don't know that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Former Xavier player as well. Hall of Famer. They literally, like before games, they have like their t- paperwork out for every single player on the opponent's team. Mm-hmm. They have like their hot day, their heat charts. They study the game so hard. Yeah. And they care so much. They want to make sure they don't make a mistake on the air. Yeah. So we're in Charleston for the Charleston class a couple years ago. It's when they play UConn in that double overtime meeting mm-hmm. out there. And Joe, I'm in the media room with Joe Sunderman. He goes, Tim, do you know anything about James Booknight? And I was like, oh, do mm-hmm. I? Oh, mm-hmm. do I? And we're talking about it. And he, I was like, yeah, I was like, this is that was only his Booknight's second game because he had a suspension his freshman year at UConn. Okay. And I was like, and he was like, he's like, I guess he shoots the ball pretty well. And he just didn't like, he cared so much. He was like, what do you know about him? What should I like look for in this game? Like Joe asked me all these questions. So him and Byron, like, They'll tell you about Villanova. They can tell you, yeah. you know, how many times Colin Gillespie's taken the ball in a handoff and he made a bucket. Like, yeah. that's the kind of dudes they are. Oh, I, I believe By, Byron is this. First of all, he's a salt of the earth like person. <laughs> first of all, um, one of the greatest. I, I think he's the great. I call him the Xavier Goat. Yes. When I call him up, I just say, "Hey, what's up, Goat?" Like, yeah. Um, we've known each other for a long time. So, but but uh, listen, and and I want to kind of move 
down the schedule because after the Xavier game, we went on a uh, three-game winning streak. The Houston game was postponed. It's now rescheduled March 1st. For the, yeah, for the last um, game of the season. Um, <clears throat> had a brutal loss, I think, to Tulane. I, I, that, that Tulane loss was a, was a really bad loss. That's a bad loss. Right? Um, I'd say that was probably worse than the Monmouth loss, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, because, you know, it being a conference game mm-hmm. and, you know, we normally beat Tulane. Like, you don't, you don't lose to Tulane. Uh, is there something you want to add to that? No, I was going to say my first Bearcat game I ever won to was when you guys played Tulane in 98. Oh, wow. Melvin had a pretty nice dunk in that game. Wow. Yeah. A little long, long back in the day. Yeah. How old were you then? Nine. Nine. Yeah. Nine-year-old Tim in the crowd. Mm-hmm. Turning up with the Melvin Levitt dunk. We, Mel's one of my like favorite humans alive. So, <laughs> yeah, like honest truth. Like anytime I'm around him, I got to make sure I talk to him just because he always like he'll talk to you for 30 minutes. He asks about two minute question. Just one of my favorite humans. Yeah, Mel. Mel. Mel's just one of those guys where from day one he stepped on campus. He 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 was going to be a character, and he was going to leave as just one of those guys that was unforgettable. Regardless of what he did on the court, he was going to be unforgettable. It just Worked out that he was a great player, you know, on, on the court. So, so definitely, I'm going to get Mel on the podcast uh, very soon. Um, let's talk a little bit about, uh, Neil, if you want to jump onto this real quick. I want to talk about, um, really take a deep dive into the, I believe his last four or five games, uh, Memphis, at Memphis. And gosh, we should even be talking to Tim about this because he's such a big Penny guy. I feel like <laughs> we defer to the, the, the Penny fan here. But um, that Memphis game. Um, the Bearcats, um, I thought, played really well that game, you know, and leave out uh, uh, losers 87 to 80. Um, I, thought they, I thought they played played well that game, showed some great fight, um, a tough row game. Just, just couldn't, couldn't get it done in the end. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, that's, that is a tough road uh, atmosphere to play in. As everyone knows, Memphis is loaded with five-star talents. And what do you think about that floor? Love it. Disagree. Well, of course, Tim loves it. We will disagree. I'm not a fan of it. Okay, not a fan. I had to see it live, man. It looks, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. You drink during the game, JT? When I'm covering. The Hennessy? All right, all right. But back to But back to it. They were there with them. Competed all the way down to the end, but then just the late turnover. With what was it? Five seconds left is really what. Yeah. Down three. It was like a handoff, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mike, a handoff to yeah. to Julius in traffic. Yeah. And they ran out the clock. I mean, that they're with them. Just limit that with some mistakes, and that's a big road win. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that gave them, I think that gave them some confidence mm-hmm. um, that they needed, right? To go, to go on the road for a game like that, and in JT they go on uh, East Carolina, Wichita State, and Tulsa, going on a th- three-game winning streak, yeah. um, playing some. Some pretty decent basketball right now. I think if we look at the last game versus Tulsa, winning ninety to sixty-nine. Uh, I, I mean, the, the swagger was back. I talked about Mason Matt, yeah. Matson having the he swagger was back, he but was, he was balling in that game. He was balling, sure. and, and JD yeah. was knocking him down. But I thought, I thought just collectively, yeah, you know, team. the whole team, the, the the swag felt really, really good. And that, I think that's great going into road conference games, especially like midweek. Like a Tuesday yeah. night in Philly, it's going to be cold as hell there. Probably like a thousand people. Exactly. <laughs> you you need to have that confidence going to sure. games like that. 
for sure, man. And then just to piggyback on what you talked about, that two-lane game, as bad as that loss was, it's like, dang, you don't know. Like, you, you have that bad, you know, lose to Xavier how you do, start the season with AAC season with that loss, and you're like, Oh man, is it kind of going down? Yeah, down the roller coaster right now. Right, like, you know we've had so many peaks and valleys, but that one's like it's, you know, going to the dirt a little bit. So then when they, you know, right now they've been on this that Memphis game, even though they lost, gave me a lot of hope. Just like okay, Wes, Wes is getting to these guys. They're getting a little bit more comfortable, you know, offense and everything out of this three game winning streak. But um, Temple. It should be a game they should be able to go in there, get the dub, and make it go to four games. But just imagine, you know, you get in and have another game. I forgot who's the other game on, was it Saturday? Sunday, Sunday, East Carolina. East Carolina. I and always worry at East that Carolina. Place is like, I just. It's so dark. It's so dark. And it's only like a thousand people at that game, too. So It's a noon yeah, Sunday game. Sunday game. So hopefully, all right, I'll take one and one out of this, but. They can beat ECU. It's just it's just one of oh, those yeah. games, though. It's just one of those games where I can understand just, if it's a nail biter because it's always that always. way. Always, I feel like it's going to be a nail biter every time. I, I just every time, like it doesn't matter. Like you can have the number one team in the nation. You go against the ECU at ECU. It's just going to be like, wow, what happened? Like, what is sixty to fifty nine? Like, why is it like that? Just because. Just I remember. Uh, I can't remember what year it what year it was, but um, Mick was the coach. Cronin. We had a really good team. We were playing really yep. well. Yep. Go to East Carolina and lose. lose. Yep. Was that eighteen? Yeah, it was eighteen. That was and it was like only what, what the losses, hell? It's just one of those. Yeah. Com- it's just like that happened when I played. You know, we would. You know, we had. A, I mean, all my years, we were like number one at, yeah. at one point in the country, and we would go like. Southern Miss, and it'd be like a one-point game. Where it's like, what in the world? Like, how can this be? Yeah. Now, 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 Tim, let me ask you, um, as we kind of, and I'm going to actually get back to all you guys in regards to uh, this basketball team making the NCAA tournament. You know, what do you think this basketball team needs to do to make the NCAA tournament and, and, and just kind of looking forward at Temple, at East Carolina, and then home next Thursday against Memphis? And then Houston, how important are those games? They're certainly important. I mean, especially two games against Houston. Like, you win those two, you're in. Yeah. Um, Right now, I don't think they're in. But it's not to disparage them. I just think that it's just been a really, you know, they have a lot of bad losses. They don't have a lot of good wins. Um, But their their losses are good for the most part. Xavier, obviously, is a top 20 team in the Mm -hmm. country. Um, You know, know, but if you pull off these two Houston games – Maybe win two or three in the AAC in the AAC tournament. I think they're in. But if you're a Bearcat fan, I truly think if they have a home NIT game, that's a true success for this season. For everything they went through, having to rebuild a team in a month, a home NIT game is certainly a success for year one for West Miller. Okay, I, I you know I want to pass it, Neil. What are your what are your thoughts? Obviously, as you mentioned, I feel like the next four games is really what. It's the key stretch. If we can go three and one in that uh, four-game stretch, whether the win is at Memphis or Houston, obviously the win at Houston versus Houston at fifth third will be a bigger win. But I think if they get three out of four here and then go down the stretch, I think they're on the bubble NCAA. But as Tim mentioned, the NIT at home would be a very good success with the same reasons as having to rebuild a team so quickly. Wes's first year, I think that would be a huge success. Yeah. Oh, by the way, the Neil, the Memphis game, Bearcats are wearing the throwback jerseys, mm-hmm. the Cats. 
Mm-hmm. I'm excited. I'm excited for that. Can't lose that game. Can't that lose was, that game. No, no. You know, uh, quick, quick story. And I, and I don't. And I gotta be careful with with how I say this, but um, I'm trying to think how to say this. So I forget what year it was. I actually mentioned this to the past administration with UC. We need more throwback unis. And I mentioned the cat's uniform. And there's actually, and I'll show you guys after the podcast, there's a uniform from back in the day that's, that Cincinnati wore for like just a short period. It is wild how they have Cincinnati on their jersey. There's some old Bearcat uniforms that are just like, I'm like, we've got we've to gotta do a throwback jersey with the, like the cat's thing has to happen. You know, and I, I've said that over and over, so I'm so glad this is finally, finally happening. And I, I think those uniforms are going to be a huge. They've already been a huge success, you know, via social media. But so that's the Memphis game. They'll be wearing the uh, throwback uh, uni. So, JT, I want to I want to take it to you and um, get your thoughts on on what this team has to do. All right. So the big games are you got to avoid the, the trap losses like they can go ahead and go to ECU and get that win, you know, tomorrow beat Temple, then that's good. But they have to split against Houston. I feel like they no, they got to find okay. a way to split, no matter how it is. If it's if I, I would think the home game is probably the one they have to get. It's going to be a little bit easier. I mean, it's going to be hard regardless. It's Houston, but that's going to be the that's like the the big home run. That game's going to be rocking. That's going to be a Sunday at six p.m. For sure, the Houston game. For sure. that's going to be rocking. So, that's going to be rocking. Yeah. Oh, that place is going to be. Yeah, and students are still, you know, students, you know, are on campus, so even better. So then you got that. I, I like how you mentioned Super Bowl as if we're going to need to discuss the Super 49ers, Bowl at baby. the end. Yeah, but, save uh, that. You want you to save but, that. Uh, yeah, but. You said 49ers, uh, baby. <laughs> Get my Kawhi Leonard on. But, uh, baby. But, <laughs> but um, we, already lost, we, already, we already lost to Memphis. So if they can get – By the way, did you see Kawhi at the – Yeah, the, you know what he was doing, right? <laughs> you know exactly what he was doing. Like, he was like rolling yeah, so yeah. But he was, he was doing that on the – what did he do, baby? He, he, yeah, he, he was like, come on, man. Why you got this camera on me? You know what time it is. Kawhi's but, uh, in a different different space. Anyway. I would like to kick it with Kawhi. He seemed like he – because he don't – Oh, you want, you want to kick it with Kawhi? But because he don't seem like he don't want the shine. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's just a dude be like, he'll probably take you to all the good food spots. <laughs> everybody gonna everybody gonna give you stuff. Everybody gonna give you stuff free. Like you're not gonna pay for nothing with Kawhi. And he and he low key like he ain't about to just like big time you either. Like I I can see that. I have a whole theory on Kawhi, and I want to mm-hmm. save that because right. I want to come on Tim's podcast and talk NBA one day. Right. And <laughs> I have a whole theory on Kawhi. I I feel it's all an act. Like I think this has been yeah. I but it's I, smart. I, though. I, it's I, smart. But I like I like Kawhi. Kawhi seems like yeah. a cool dude to me. All right. But all right. So they they already lost to Memphis, but they played them very well at home. So they can play. They should be able to beat them, or at least have the expectation where they're not going to be scared to play them at you know at the shoe. So if they can knock them off, maybe even knock them off in Houston in the same breath. Right. That's a lot though. Like that. I I'm, I even know like saying that doesn't even sound right. But they're the two home games, so, like, you can't think lose to Houston now and then the last game of the season you're going to go beat them on senior night. So it's kind of like it's all or nothing. I think they have to kind of either go 3-1 and one, but have – but the, the one can't be Memphis or Houston right now. Okay. Because it's not enough 
they have a, lot, a few bad losses. They only have one, like, you know, quality win that everybody's going to really respect because Illinois is still a top 20 team. You know, they're going to be up and down all year because of the Big Ten and the quality they're playing against. So they have to almost – I feel like these next four games, I feel like they have to go on a seven-game winning streak. So they are at three, and that sounds crazy, Absolutely. but I think seven-game winning okay. streak has to happen for NCAA tournaments. Because I don't know if you can bank on upsetting Houston unless more injuries happen on that end. You don't want to wish that on any college team at all. So I can't think of any other. I mean, UCF is a decent road win if they can pull that off. SMU again? Yeah. Um, we'll be at SMU. At, at UCF, at SMU. SMU may be. That's a decent one. But <laughs> none, none hey. of them hold the weight as, the, as Houston. Houston holds the weight. They are the king of the conference right now. I will say this. Win your home games that are left on the schedule, right? Mm. Hold down your home court. Um, win the games on the road you're supposed to win. And then see where it shakes out. See where it shakes out. I mean, it, this, listen, this, this team isn't, you know, you know, like, you know, a top-tier team, a yeah. Bearcat team that we're like, okay, they, they, can, they can win this, the rest yeah, of, yeah. you know, this schedule. We, we, we don't know. But yeah. if they can hold down Memphis at home, Houston at home, Wichita State, Temple, South Florida, um, beat yeah. those teams at home, and then you know win the yeah. game. You're supposed to sneak one on the road, maybe here and there, and then yeah. then you've got the conference tournament. You never you never know. Um, but I, yeah, yep, you're right. True, and and you know like 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 Tim said, I don't I, I, I agree with him on this. I don't think this is an NCAA tournament team right now, yeah, but same, same. you know with some with some victories here that potentially could happen. So hey, listen, I wanna I wanna segue into uh, a couple other things, and then we'll we'll kind of close up shop. Um, so uh, before I forget, uh, the game on Tuesday, uh, Tim, how you know how how good is Temple? Should we how, should we should we win that by? Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yes, I I, I couldn't remember. I thought we were, so okay. So for the Bearcat fans that are out there, um, I'm not sure when we're gonna um, you know uh, release this, but uh, if it's before or after the game. Um, but Sam Martin, the walk-on who's who's been at UC for 30 years, um, <laughs> and I say that with love because I've I've known Sam since he was a little kid. He's the OG. Uh, Sam Martin and I had a friendly bet on the Roger Bacon Summit game. Okay, so I'm gonna show you guys. He lost the bet. Roger Bacon won. So we had a bet on what each person had to do. Um, Sam, for the rest of the season, his game shoes now say Meacham number 41, <laughs> really big on his game shoes. He had to write that. So if he gets in versus Temple, make sure you notice the Meacham 41 shoes. So Yeah, right now Ken Palm has it as a UC four-point win. You love Ken Palm. I think they're going to beat them by more than that. Okay. So, so Sam might get in. I'm hoping so. Temple's 302nd in the country in tempo, which means they're very slow. Mm. You put Mikey Saunders in that game. Mm. Speed it up. Yep. I like that. Uh, let's let's jump into this real quick. I want to do a couple quick questions, quick answers. We're going to kind of go around. Let's let's make it quick. Um, Tim, favorite Bearcat uniform of all time? Jordan Brand. Easy. Jordan Brand one. Which one? But there's there's the red retro. Red, red retro. Alternate. Okay. Okay. So like I said earlier. Melvin, one of my favorite humans alive. Whenever I remember watching the Bearcats on TV, Melvin was my favorite player, funny enough. 
I've told him this, so this isn't me being a fanboy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just remember you guys wearing the red jerseys and just that era of like Jordan brand, like I talked about with Ian, just always stuck out. And I remember like all my buddies had those and I always thought they were the coolest. Greatest unis of all time. Let's start with you, Neil. Obviously, I wasn't really around during the Jordan era. Because you're but, young, yeah, yes, yeah. right, but, you're a baby. Um, do, you, I do, do, like, you, do you know who Melvin Levitt is? Like, yeah, uh, I yes, I'm I do just know kidding, I'm just kidding. But obviously, I do <laughs> you like... You know who I am? No. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the looks of the, uh, the Jordan look, but my favorite growing up as a kid was what we talked about earlier, the Adidas color wave with Sean Kilpatrick. Wow. Wait, so... Like the zebra one? The zebra ones? I love the zebra with the, Oh, my God. You know what? Can I tell you something? The players that were wearing them didn't like them. <laughs> Neil and, and you liked them. Like, like they told me they never want to see those ever again. <laughs> Yancey was like, you know how bad I looked in that? <laughs> I think it was Cash did the promo. He did. Cash did not like those. But but you like those, Neil? I did like those. Yes. Okay. Hey, listen, I'm not knocking you. No, it's you each did. each his own, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I, there's some stuff that I like. People are like, "What in the world?" So that that's why I asked the question. Mm-hmm. So, JT, you know, that's dope, though, man, because you changed it up. Because everybody else gonna have the same answer, and you're the only one. So like, everybody's mm-hmm. gonna remember this part of the podcast because of that. But Jordan Brand, man, I I literally used I had all the shorts. So like, I was walking around campus, like with the shorts on, like all the time. Nice. So, it's just now, quick question, and I know Stu's gonna laugh, but for for Colin Cruzy, do you wear shorts in the winter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 we're, hey, Tim, Tim did not hesitate in the winter. And like, Cruzy said, "Okay, so all right, okay, can I preface oh, go ahead, go ahead. So, so Cruzy showed up. We did a podcast. It was really cold." And he came walking in with shorts, and Stu and I are like, bro, you, you, you can't you can't be no, wearing shorts right now. No, I can't. You're, you're, I mean, like, nah. if it's snowing outside and it's cold. No, nah, I'm cool. Cause no. like, only way like I even will even attempt to do it is like, if I'm working out and I'm like in and out. But I I got tights on. But I got tights on. Okay. And that's like at an older like where I don't like I'm just don't want to take the jogging pants off. I'm just like I'm gonna work out. But if it's gotta be yeah. like 45 or up though. Yeah. I'm so I'm I'm like I'm 45. I wouldn't. I've seen that's people with the, like with the tights though. Like I make sure like it's no skin showing. I'm like KD. You know not like KD with the <laughs> ash. You're, you're like ashy like nah, that. You know what I'm saying I don't want to be like KD and show no ash if I got it. But have I'm you saying, ever like, seen the image seen of? That? You see that picture over? It's got like the Jordan face in it. I saw, well, I see. Have you ever seen the the picture of KD's ankles and that the ash? Somebody made it as a uh, as a like a map, and no, it had like a I state see, no, and I like like that. the little like no, cities and stuff on it. One. It was okay. pretty bad. I didn't see that one. Uh, <laughs> Neil, shorts in the winter. Do you ever do it? I have done it. Yeah. Jesus, I Tim. I know you. You got excited about this. <laughs> Basketball shorts all the time. I work from home. Oh no. Okay, let's say, let's say, okay, the other night it was nine, de- oh, I'm sorry, the other morning it was nine degrees outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you had to leave, would you wear shorts in Buddy, nine degrees? I was in downtown Cleveland this weekend wearing shorts. I think there's a cult <laughs> following of people that just are like, you know what, we're going to wear shorts in I don't winter. do it to be like a badass, I'm just I'm, the most comfortable. I don't, what's, so... I, uh, I will not fly on a plane wearing shorts. Larry David ruined that for me from Kirby Enthusiasm when he talked about like how uncomfortable that is. So you got you got to take the mic back real quick. All right. So when you fly places, do anybody wear jeans? Anybody? Oh, I'm I'm a I'm a sweatsuit guy. All right. Always been. 
Hey, so if I ever see anybody with jeans on, like I think they're gonna like they're gonna either like hold the plane hostage. <laughs> Try to try to harm you, like I don't tr- like. I get so scared when I see somebody wear jeans. Like let's like, I almost want to ask them like, what's your purpose? Like, do you have a meeting? Do you, do you have you, a meeting soon as you, you drop down? Here? Like, why? Yeah. Well, let me but ask you this. It's cool though. Does this but, bother yeah, you? Scares me. My so my dad is my dad's eighty eight years old. Okay. He's from a different generation. That's a little different. And huh? That's a little different. He, wears he doesn't jeans. wear jeans. You know what my dad wears? He wears dress slacks. My dad comes from a, a different like. He's an OG though. Like he is an OG. You know what's funny? Like my dad has these pictures of him as a kid. Like if you look at pictures of when I was a kid or my brother, we're in like we're like like a sweatpants on or something like a you know a hoodie or something like that. My dad in that generation is like everybody had on like a suit and like dress yeah, stuff. Yeah. I'm like, did you all wear that all the time? He yeah. goes, oh, we used to play. In like dress pants and like a white button up, I'm like, holy moly! Yeah, it's, it's different. That's different. That's it's a different era. Different, though. different era. era. That's a different era. So I'll let that up. go. Like a certain age, it's like you gotta just pay respects. But like if you're close, cause I'm like, you know, you know, I'm older than people think. So when you when I see somebody, I think like it's around my age. I'm like, dude, why you got jeans on at the airport? I think like for one, you're about to try to kidnap somebody. <laughs> I think too. This is terrible. Like you're gonna try this to harm. Like you're really out to do like some real nasty work. You know I, what I mean? Like it's nothing see, good about it. I've to me. never <laughs> thought about like that, but now that you've said this, every time you fly, every man, time I'm gonna go. Like if you think keep you, an like, eye the, on this. That person's in your age range or a little bit older, like within a certain range, like what, jeans so in the in, in Is the that airport. men and women? Like what if a woman has on like jeans? A woman with jeans on at the airport, she's probably like I think like. She's not going to like care about her kids. Like she'll just let her kids do whatever the hell she, they want. You know what I mean? So you gotta keep your eye on her. Keep your eye on her because like keep you, you're gonna have her. some kid just crawling on you. That it's like, her kid. It's her kid, and because she, she's got on she's jeans at, at the airport. At exit, at exit twelve, and you're at fourteen. And you're like, whose kid is this? Like she probably got jeans on. Okay, yeah. that's, that's that's how that's I look at it. I didn't know we were gonna go that direction, yeah, but, but here we go. I'm telling you, that's how I look at it. Qu- question number <laughs> question number two, and please don't forget that that. Neil liked the Adidas uniforms uh-huh. with the like we, we 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 got yeah we got we got to make sure we that's keep that that's your promo vid right there. So that's you're gonna be you're gonna be like the only. I'm gonna go on eBay and find a pair of shorts for them. Oh, they they'll be a dollar. They'll yeah, be a dollar. They might know. They might go thank you and they'll send them to you <laughs> yeah. and they might pay you to. Okay, I'm, and I'm now that I'm interested to hear your answer to this one. Uh, we're gonna start with you, Tim. Favorite Bearcat of all time? I think you said it. So Melvin's my, I would say just from that era, but it's Nick. It's Van Axel. Like um, okay. So, you know, we talked about it earlier. I got in that era, but the era I got in the basketball is when he was the point guard for the Lakers. And my stepdad, who funny enough went to UC and Xavier, had classes with Van Axel at UC where they mm. sat next to each other. Oh, wow. And I was like, did he ever say anything to you? When I was a kid and he told me this, he's like, that kid never said a thing. <laughs> He never talked to anybody on campus. He just went to practice, went to class, and left. Nick was a quiet guy, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Did your dad go to graduate uh, school? He went to graduate school at X. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Neil? Uh Uh-oh. It's got to be somebody in the Adidas uniforms from the... Honestly, my favorite, as Tim mentioned earlier, would have to be Lance Stevenson. Okay. All right. Just the defense, everything about him, the scoring, just the way he played the game. He was really look up to him he was he was fun to watch i enjoyed lance jt all right so i'm gonna double up on this one um since he's already said nick um my first nba jersey was a nick van exel lakers jersey when i was in seventh grade 31 31 Mm. when i say 31 i think so i'm pretty sure 
No, did he have 31? Which one did he have first, 9 or 31? I'm getting... Yeah, he only had 31. Like no, 9. 9. Yeah. I had 9. So, I had a 9, purple. And um, so that was my favorite person. I'm a Lakers fan, too, so it was like double up. And then Ken- Kenyon Martin, because like Kenyon Martin went to play for the Bearcats, like I don't know what school I went to, but like that's why I'm down here. Like school influences Fair. that, but. Good. Okay. So, you know, All right. Up. I cheated. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Question number three. And, Neil, I'm actually, again, interested your answer for this one. Not, not that I'm not Neil's interested. Neil's a superstar JT, today, my guy. I don't care. Because we just don't know what he's going to say. He's got great ones. Um, favorite Bearcat game you've ever watched? Ooh. Ooh. Because you, you got to think, like, like Neil's, that's the reason I said it was interesting with him is he's got, like, a, a Very limited win. window compared yes. to what we have. So, do last can shoot out when you guys beat Duke. Good. I was uh, watching it with my dad. You were up late. I was. How old? Uh, gosh, was that 97? That was, uh, God, you think I would know this. That was 90, yeah, it was 97. Cause it was so, I was before, eight. Yeah. And um, that was the first time I saw Melvin play, and I told him about that. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he was like, he's like, I remember Coach K coming to me after the game and saying, you killed us. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I've got... I got so many stories about that game. I don't even want to dive into that. Neil. All right, so mine's going to be 2019 senior night, Trey Scott buzzer beater. Okay. Just because as a student. Were you there? Mm-hmm, yep. First student run, section. First run, student section. Wait, did you have your shirt off and painted? I did not. Red? Have, okay. I did not. Okay, you weren't that guy. But just the, the whole game, back and forth battle, down the wire. All, every time a game goes down to the wire, last possession, it's always a great game. But then the fact was – the mystery got the tip out to Trey and the tip in. So wait, help me remember, did he not play well that game? Was that the game he didn't play well but hit the mm-hmm. hit the game winner? Yep. That was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I re- yep. And he hit the game. Okay, that's a good one. Okay, Neil, that was a good one. JT? Alright, so my man Tim is like almost in my mind with the that's top three for sure and I was gonna go there but I'm gonna change it up I'm gonna go back to my memory banks that the Donald Little shot oh Marquette Marquette. yeah 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 that was crazy it was it's like story the backstories on those of all the people that is crazy Donald was just on the podcast and he talked about that game I need to listen because I know it's probably it's funny if he he was unwrapped on that I know he's probably yeah he's a good dude he's it was a good podcast you need to check that one out I'm slipping but yeah that shot was crazy it's like okay you've got Logan yeah (laughs) you've got all these great (laughs) now let's get the ball to Donald Little then he knocked it down (laughs) everybody was like no yes he held that he held that follow through down like yeah. I'm supposed to do this. Yeah. Like, Everybody was like, and, no. And he's like, you all need to let me shoot more. Respect my jumper. So this is my last question. This has now become one of my favorite questions, okay? I created this. I did not take this question from anybody. So oh. I want full credit for this. Um, I started asking this a couple podcasts ago. It started with uh, when I interviewed Yancey Gates at Mio's. My question is this. Start with you, Tim. Would you rather be MJ in his prime or MJ in his prime? Would you rather be Michael Jordan in his prime at the height of Michael Jordan, the global sports star, or Michael Jackson in his prime, 
the global greatest entertainer of all time. Remember this, Michael couldn't go anywhere on earth and people knew who he was wearing his shoes. Michael Jackson had grown men fainting at his concerts, being taken out on stretchers. So we're talking like off the wall thriller era here? We're talking Michael at his height. Gosh, I, I gotta be careful with this because people start tweeting me like, that's wrong. Michael, when he was after Thriller, he, he was a Pepsi commercial when his hair caught mm -hmm. on fire. Like, I mean, he is a global, global star. Yeah, so MJ in his prime or MJ in his prime? Which MJ do you choose? Hmm. I would probably go Michael Jordan. Okay. Just because it's very near and dear to my heart, obviously. The Chicago Bulls. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, I remember so well seeing the, watching the last shot in 98. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I love Michael Jackson, but... You know, he's from, so happens to be from the same era as my, as my favorite musician of all time in Prince. Okay. So I lean more oh, towards Prince in that argument. Lean, yeah. Yeah. Yes. The Prince, the greatest musician of all time. Yeah. This story is about like how his whole house was mic'd up just so he could like just sing and he would have it for recording. Hit, the stories with Prince are just. Dude, they're awesome. They're incredible. That's a whole podcast in and of itself. I, I think personally Purple Rain might be one of the greatest songs ever. My man. Ever. I, and I, I, I do think, from a music standpoint, Prince is better than Michael Jackson, and I will argue that to any point. I mean, I'm Mike, the same way. Prince wrote, played, sang. He wrote ten thousand songs. It's, it's. I, I sure, I, I get it. Yeah. Uh, Neil, do you do you know you know who both those? Mm -hmm. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But thinking back on it, relatively deep, as Tim was answering that question, I would have to go Michael Jordan. Just not only due to his fact of success on and off the basketball court with his shoes as well, but the fact was he dominated the court and then he transitioned to the MLB, which is an even harder sport, as some people would say. Mm -hmm. And the fact he transferred over there for a year and then came back to basketball after a year off and still dominated, that would be kind of the success that I am as a sports nerd. Let me ask you this question. I asked Yancey Gates this question. Who do you think Yancey Gates would have rather been in his prime? I'm going to have to say Michael Jackson. He did. He said Michael Jackson. I said, I want to see you moonwalk right now, Yancey. <laughs> and, he, and he couldn't. All right, JT. But um, that's tough because, like, you got to think about it. Like, it is a tough right, question so if you really. It's a real, this is probably the toughest question of the night for real. I think about it because, yeah, Jordan, I'm going to think I'm going to change it up just because. But, like, I wouldn't want to get the – I don't want to get the Jerry curl burnt up though. <laughs> and then he got like the iffy, yeah. Then he got like the iffy situations a little bit. So I'm gonna go Jordan just because of that. But if it wasn't, I've for never like, heard about Michael Jackson's issues as being iffy situations. Iffy situations, man. Iffy I'm gonna start using that. Iffy, like, kind of like iffy situations. If, all right, so if I could, if, what would you would you say? Okay. R. Kelly has some iffy yeah, situations. Very <laughs> Very iffy. Very iffy. So you take away the iffy situation. Like if I could be Michael Jackson without the iffy like situations, stuff, situations and not getting my Jerry Curl burned, I would be Michael Jackson. Cause just imagine okay. like being able to walk around and people pass out because you're close. Or maybe I oh. maybe, maybe even think about to, like if I go like hey and you just pass out. Well, like, you, hey, you gotta do it. Hey, you know you're you're, you're like, too deep hey. in your voice. You know what I'm saying? Head, but yeah. like like just imagine that much power like that would be crazy i don't even know if i could take like because michael michael jordan has got to be crazy power too because 
I mean, just think about it. But just to somebody just to be like, I saw you, I passed out. Like that is crazy. Like that, that is. That's a hell of a drug. That like, is. Could you imagine? And I'm going to add this to my questions next time. I love these little quick yeah. questions, quick answers. But can you imagine having like a picture? with michael jackson you got one with michael jordan yeah. like from that era that must be, be absolute yeah. like if there was one picture i tell you what <laughs> if i was to throw up a throwback thursday pick on instagram that i think would like shut it down is if i put up a pic, and not even michael jordan not michael jackson if i had one of me and tupac so, i've always <laughs> been like i would have loved to have had a picture with tupac that been tight. That would have been really. Yeah, been that's like tight. my one picture that I. What about you? What would your one picture be? That's a good question. All right, I think about it. Pac would definitely be one. I don't know. I, I would want to um. Like Snoop. Snoop. Yeah, because he's like, like so. Like, no, I said you're gonna have like just one, any, one, one picture. Anybody, Snoop. 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 Okay. Because I just think like he's like so cool. Like he reminds me of like of that cool. Like he. He transitioned, so like he went from he did being gangster, from. pure gangster, and you probably want to hear stories about that. But then like he accepts <laughs> the youth, so like you he reminds you of like that cool uncle that you had, or cool cousin, or somebody that's like was older, but like yeah. didn't just bully you. You know what I mean? Like he's he like, hey, with I Martha can take Stewart. Like, yeah, like how didn't he like, like smoke weed with Martha yeah, Stewart or something? He had his own story. He had his own show. Let's think about it. Snoop. That's that's Snoop. I, I, would, I would love the. You told me that when he yeah. made. Murder you know, was the case. Murder was the case. Like, come on, bro. Like, think yeah, about that's it. That's a good one. <laughs> Neil? Um, honestly, I would have to go with LeBron James. Okay. Just due to the fact that he came into the league at 17 and dominated from then on, and he's still doing it to this day. And he's left his mark not only on the game, but on and off the court, as well as with his I Promise school. And everything he's done as a person, as a player, that's something I could just meet as a person I look up to. I feel like that you had that scripted. Like you just read that off somewhere. I just felt like you just yeah. You were like prepared for that, and that was all. Okay, that's good. Tim, kind of piggyback. We talked about this on JT's pod a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Kareem. Oh, that's your that's your guy. He's one of my heroes. Um, so you know you know Big Cap. You know his nickname's Cap, right? Yeah. Big Cap does not like to take pictures. No, you know. No, that. so we talked about that because Mick yeah. got that picture when he took the UCLA job. Yeah. And um, so. There's like this whole thing with him is just amazing from you know, the story of why he became Kareem Abdul-Jabbar from Lou Alcindor and what he stands for. He's a fascinating guy. Just like, yeah, his, the biopic that's on him he's, on NHBO is amazing. He's a great writer. Yeah, like, he's, he's um, a fascinating. Yeah, when he challenged LeBron with like his like uh, COVID post a couple weeks ago. I saw that. That was like the, what he said of like, you're the guy who stands for like black rights. You're the guy who does these things. Like, do you understand the responsibility you yeah. have? Like. I just always really appreciated Kareem. Always seemed like he was just like present and aware, and so like that's something I always idolized. Ask when you get a chance next time you see Corey Blunt. Say to Corey Blunt, "Hey Corey, I've been meaning to ask you. Have you ever gotten a picture with Kareem?" Dude, Kareem has dodged Corey like so many times on a picture. He doesn't like taking pictures, and Corey's told me he's tried like like nine times, mm-hmm. like. Hey, Cap, man, let's get a pick. And, and Kareem hit him with, oh, yeah, yeah, hold on one second. He leaves. <laughs> I was like, how do you not take a picture with Corey Blunt? Like, so I, it's one, one of my goals is to get a picture with Kareem and send it to Corey. <laughs> I swear I'm going to do it. I'm, I'm going to do it. Can't wait. 
Um, hey, listen, I really appreciate you guys yeah, coming man. on the podcast. This is great because I've done all these at Mio's, and I just haven't had a chance to really dive into the current basketball team on the podcast at Mio's because I'm talking with former players, and some of them just don't have as much knowledge with this year's team as you guys do. So um, this is fun because I watch every game. I dissect every game and uh, to have that opportunity. So can we quickly go around one more time and just um, tell them how they can absorb your content? Yeah, Tim Daniel, 48MinutesNetwork.com, and social media is at TimDaniel518. Um, my Instagram's not that interesting unless you're going to see my wife and my dogs, who I love to death, but it's okay. really all that's on oh, there. Oh, you're, you're that guy that, like, oh, just dude, the love pictures my dogs. of the dogs? And... Love my dogs. Okay, okay. You, do you take pictures of, like, your food and post no. them? Okay, thank no. you. No, Okay. Because no. I don't I... want to see the plate of food. No. Okay. Just, just the dogs. Okay. Neil? Neil Meyer. I'm with the Front Office News. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MeyerNeil6, and I'm on Instagram as well at NEM5421. JT? All right. Cool. I'm going to be the longest one. But uh, <laughs> make sure you guys hit up the FrontOfficeNews.com, checking all the posts, latest Bearcat stuff. On the Twitter, you can follow Front oh, Office News. The Twitter. The Twitter. I stole that from B Fox, man. He did that on my pod, so I kind of jacked that one. The Twitter. Okay. But, um, at front office news or you can follow me if you want to hear me being a little iffy sometimes <laughs> iffy situations iffy <laughs> wait, 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 wait. jokes man just jokes we're jokes not nah, not bad stuff just jokes oh okay jokes i was gonna jokes. say we're gonna have to take you your, your nah, parts nah, off the podcast nah, if they're nah, iffy nah. situations y'all gotta ban me y'all gotta y'all gotta okay. ban me <laughs> yeah it's the cancel it's just like be a picture of me blurred out nah but um, yeah we're at the blur yeah nah they don't do me like that but um just underscore jt underscore smith because my last name's smith I got to do all the extra stuff. And then hit, okay. hit IG, front office news as well. Got a lot of good stuff on there, too. If you like pictures, like to see the articles that are up. No food pics. No food pics. So that's all you see stuff. That's I just, my mission in life to get people share. to stop taking food pics. Yeah, I don't really do too much food pics. Unless it's like. Mine's the what? Stop the wave at baseball games. Stop the wave at baseball games. That's your, that's your goal. Okay, so I got you. Really? I thought you're doing like swag hey, surf at games and stuff now. I don't know. About hey, that. JT, kind of we, we, we've got an issue. We've got a, I know, man. We've got to discuss right now. Go for it. Um, and I know I'm going to, I always get backlash for this, but I'm not a Bengals fan. Um, and I don't know. People just get upset with me. Uh, like my producer, Stu. Stu, got Stu. A, he got a Bengals hat he, on right now. Oh, yeah. He's doing that. He's, he's, he's Bengals through and through. His, I, but I love the fact he goes to the games with his father. <laughs> Right, and it's a you know father son thing, so I really respect that. But I'm a Rams fan, and you are a 49ers fan. Yes. So I need to say this to you. Seven in a row. So, <laughs> shut up. The my Rams are a better team than the 49ers, but can cannot roster wise. Okay. But cannot beat the 49ers, and it like this year. I went into it, and I'm like. Everybody out there, put all your money on the 49ers. We're going to lose this game during yeah. a regular season. And sure enough, the 49ers just bully my Rams. Yeah. We got, we got, we got like, really, mind control. really Debo. Debo. Really we got mind control Debo. over. Got mind control. It's my bike, punk. Yeah, exactly. So, But I'm here to tell you. First of all, SoFi is going to be rocking. I see they're trying to keep us out of there. I love that's that. That's pretty whack. I love that. That's pretty whack. That's yes. pretty whack. That's so whack. Yes, we got to keep you guys out of there. Yeah, hey, y'all so scared. Y'all got to keep the fans out. That's hey, how you know. That's how you know they're shaking in their boots. 49er like, fans are crazy. They are, though. The, Bay, are. the Bay Area. It is. They are crazy. Um, Clarence section. This is a restaurant. 
that has, I don't know if it's a restaurant or, or like a store. The store, there was an iron for sale, an evening dress, and then, you know those little, those things where you shake them and like the little snow thing happens? Mm -hmm. There was like ones that were like giant size one, and it's not even the winter time. How do they have, Tim, how do they have all this shit in the front of Cracker Barrel? Like, well, there's no way they're selling an iron at, or do, you know, people that go there to purchase <laughs> evening dresses. So I guess I can go this two routes. My wife, <laughs> mom. Oh, no. My, he start, when you start with my wife, did you buy My wife's iron first job was Cracker Barrel. So she told no me this way. story. Yeah, she told me this story Dude, when we first started dating. Idea. This is good. I like this. So, and she talked about like the way that they like care about that store is amazing. She's like. She's like, we would like, like give someone their cash and the manager would be standing behind us to make sure we gave them the right change. Like every transaction, I'm like you guys have five registers. Wow. And, uh, but my mom, she goes to Cracker Barrel and it's like, just a shop, bro. She goes there for everything. Wow. And like my mom is 60. So wow. it's not like she's like, no, she's not 60 yet. Hopefully mom didn't hear that. Um, she's like, don't, yeah. no, no, just don't, don't, yeah. Don't, 50, tell, you, 57. don't tell your mom's age. <laughs> yeah. She's in her late fifties. We'll go with that. Okay. Um, just retired. So shout out mom. So, so she goes there just to, sh she doesn't get the pancakes. The oh, pancakes the are pancakes. really good. Okay. She Bruh. gets pancakes and an iron. Bruh. She hasn't got go. an iron, but she loves like the fact that they sell the giant candy bars. Like they sell mm, the giant. They do. Yeah. They do. She's they like, do. I just got this giant Reese cup. I'm like, they you do. know what's better than one giant Reese cup? Three Reese cups. Wow. You know, like just That's... go to Kroger. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. What, what I also find fascinating is like they, so I was in, uh, I was coming back from um, um, Fort Wayne, Indiana. Okay. Oh boy. I was at the Spice. You saw AU about tournament. 70 subways on the way here? <laughs> you do see a ton of subways. But, but I stopped in the Cracker Barrel. I had to get some pancakes. JT's favorite at Cracker mm -hmm. Barrel, the pancakes. Absolutely. And so I'm, I'm checking out the register and I like look to my left and I see a bunch of records. Yeah. So there were a ton of records. So there was like what I expected. You know, it was like the Beatles, mm -hmm. like Lionel Richie. And then they had like, I almost bought them. They had like old rap, like Tone Loke. Do you, Neil, do you know who Tone Loke is? Not. Did, I yeah. did not think you knew who I Tone Loke. I collect vinyl, so. So you would have had a Tone Loke, Wild Thing. Mm -hmm. it was, I don't it, have one. It wasn't the album. It was a Tone Loke like single. I'm like, first of all, where did you all get this from? And like, why is it just now on sale? That came out when I was like eight. Cracker Barrel, there needs to be a 30 for 30. On hey, Stu, that's our next docu that's our documentary. So We're working on a documentary. Oh, there's, is there one? Are you working know. on one? No, but I'll tell you. Too. How about a joint? Okay, go ahead. I'm down, first okay. off. Stu, my, mom, my mom has to be an executive producer. Okay, I'm all right. What's her first name? Becky. Shout out, Becky. Um, but I was going to, 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 to piggyback off of your tone, Loke, the best single I have on vinyl, I have Shaquille O'Neal's I Know I Got Skills. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, on vinyl. Oh, it was God. a gift. I was, I was hoping you didn't buy it no. at Cracker Barrel. No. <laughs> no. You, you could see it probably a family video next to Kazam. It's probably just on the same shelf. I will say this. I will argue with people. Shaq is not the best NBA rapper. No, he's not. He's not. Do you know who the best NBA rapper is? Are we talking ever? Uh, well. Are we talking Dame currently? Well, Dame, Dame's the best current. Dame's definitely the best. Yeah. But 
prior to – yeah, Dame's definitely the best. But. We're talking about the Iverson record that never yes! came out? Yes! <laughs> My man. Dude, that is fire. It is. Bro, that is – go to YouTube and – I still listen to that to this day. Hey, didn't they ban that? They did. They did. They did. The NBA goes uh, – you know this can't come out AI. Yeah. This is Kobe also had a song with Brian McKnight. I think a lot of people forget about that. <laughs> yeah, he did though. Yeah. Stu? That's Stu's guy. You ever see you ever see the pictures? You ever see the uh the Kobe Bryant modeling pictures? Remember those ones? Oh, yeah. Those those ones? That was it. That was the iffy situation. <laughs> um So so quick quickly back to uh the Cracker Barrel. Mm -hmm. um, what's your What's your wife's first name? Grace. Grace. That's my mom's first name. Yeah. So, tell Grace that I need to I need to have her part of this this documentary on because she's got the inside scoop. Yeah, she does. So that's like, I mean, I need to get what's the inventory? What do they do with these items that don't sell? Because I, I don't think anybody's going to buy the Tone Loke single. <laughs> yeah. So what What happens with that? Or does that just stay there? Or, or has it been there since it came out? Probably, man. I mean, it's the ultimate place to go if you need ball in a cup. Like, <laughs> ridiculous. Or those, you know those, remember the candy elephant peanuts things? Yeah. Oh, there, there's tons of those there. Yeah. And I'm like, who is, why is this a item here? Um, you know what? This is, uh, this is great. This is good stuff. This is all I have. Because we could go on and on. Like, I've got all kind of shit yeah, we could kind of like, talk to, right? Well, let's just do a let's do a random podcast where we just just Dude, got random anytime random. You and Keith did that where you guys talked hip hop, and I was super jealous. Oh, are you a big hip hop guy? Big time. Dude, we got we got big time. Okay, I'm gonna come on yours. Yeah, and we're we're gonna at any time. Let's do that. We gotta talk Jordans. I mean, that's you know that's my shit. So uh, I, I'm, obviously it's yours. It's it's definitely my shit too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 with that. I'm with that. Oh. So they got those. Um, no, those are they not. They got those LeBrons HB. Those they're, LeBrons. They're the first they, yeah. Yeah, the HBCUs. Yeah, they, yeah the LeBrons. Yeah, because they had the, cause, they had the King logo on the jersey. Yeah, they look good. Yeah, I saw that because I know LeBron and Chris Paul are doing a lot with the mm -hmm. HBCUs, which is really good. I like that they're. I love it. Investing into those, which is definitely needed. Um, by the way, did you know? I feel like you guys do, Neil. I'm gonna question that you. Neil, do you know who Master P is? That was that was that was not a confident. That Neil, that was the most unconfident. Tim, was that the most unconfident? I know who. Yes, it was. It was. It was. It was very unconfident. It was like Master P. Yeah. So Master P's son is now at Xavier, and I went to the Xavier game. I saw you, and that was his first. That was his first game there. First game of the team. Yep. I was I was I was there for that. So um, I'm hoping to uh, meet Master P. That's gonna be. Have you met him yet? Because he's Not been yet. here. He's been here like. Not yet. So I didn't realize what was going on. I'm sorry. I know we're running way over on your podcast. That's all right. Stu uh, fell asleep. It's all right. So, <laughs> Zay, so how UC's got Eddie? How UC's got Eddie E Train. Uh, Xavier's got Bandcamp. DJ yeah, Bandcamp. yeah, he's awesome. He, he's so good. He did the he did the uh, he played championship game. Yeah. Well, no, he did the championship game, and I, I know you're about to say something about what he played. So at the, uh, there was one game I didn't realize that Master P was there. He played Make Him Say Ah. Uh. Good. For and him. I was like, I said something. I sent a tweet. I was like, shout out DJ Bandcamp, and he's like, you know, when the legends in the building, I got to represent. And I'm like, you're like wait, white what? And then I like, get home and I see like um, Doster, who we all know. 
he's my dude yeah, for the AP photographer. He posts stuff on his Instagram, photos of Master P at the Zephyr. I'm like, how did no one tell me this? Yeah, he snuck, he snuck in. Yeah. Um, funny story. So Danny Peters, the assistant yep. at Xavier. Former Buckeye. Um, yep. He and I are like best friends. We've been best friends. His father, rest in peace, Coach Peters, his father um, was a, uh, the assistant for Bob Huggins at the Bearcats. So when I was playing and I was around, uh, Danny was a little kid in the shoemaker practicing. And so he, he's, you know, been a part of the Bearcat family for years. And he was at Arizona, played for the Buckeyes, mm-hmm. um, was with uh, Sean Miller at Arizona for a while. And then Travis Steele uh, recently got him over. And so he knows, Danny knows I'm a huge, like, Master P fan. So when I was playing for the Bearcats, all, I can't wait to meet Master P and tell him this. All we would listen to was No Limit, like Master P, Silk the Shocker, mm-hmm. like everything No Limit records because Kenyon Martin's from Texas, Dewan Baker's from Texas, like all the guys listen to Down South, and Master P was running hip-hop. So I'm like, I keep telling Danny at Zebra, I'm like, when – Master P comes in town. You text me, and I'm driving wherever I gotta go, and I I, I gotta meet Master P. That's. I want to talk to Danny about the fact that he was teammates with Mark Titus, because Mark Titus is like one of my heroes. No, not only teammates, he lived with Mark. Yeah, Mark's one of my heroes. So like. Really. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about that. Uh, Have you talked to Danny? Have you ever had a chance? I haven't. I met Mark. Okay. And Mark was awesome to me. Okay. But I haven't had a chance to meet Danny. Danny is. Awesome dude. You will love you will love Danny. Trust me, he's a really, really good dude. Well, we, we went from Cracker Barrel, 49ers, <laughs> Master P. We're we're all over the place. Um hey listen, I really want to thank you guys for coming on. We've got to do this again. Anytime. I want I'd like I'd love to come on uh your guys's Anytime. podcast if if you allow me and would like me to be on there. Um love to do that. And uh we'll uh, hopefully watch the Bearcats go on a nice little winning streak here and win a couple games on the road. So um, once again, the Bearcat Basketball Podcast is presented by the Healthcare Management Group. Shout out to everyone at HCMG and thank you for the support. And also huge shout out to everybody at the College of Arts and Sciences at the University of Cincinnati and your support. Um, Everybody at Mio's for letting us do the podcast live. And we have a couple other sponsors uh, that will be jumping aboard very soon. We'll be uh, excited to announce. And uh, you can follow me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Alex underscore Meacham. I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn, Alex Meacham on Snapchat, Big Meach 41 And I'm on TikTok, which these three gentlemen in front of me need to step up their TikTok game. I'm on... Uh, <laughs> Neil's, Neil's got it, but he doesn't make any videos, which was my issue. And then Stu uh, had a stern talk with me and uh, had to change that. So um, at Alex Meacham 41. So I want to thank everybody for listening to another episode of the Bearcat Basketball Podcast. Go Bearcats!